Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. The supers are not gone, Mr. Incredible. You're still here. You can still do great things. Or you can listen to podcasts. Your choice. What does she actually say? Police scanners. I'm, oh, yeah, you're right. Right. You it's perfect. 24 hours to respond. Listen. 24 hours to respond. Okay. And then so it I, blows up, here, sets off the sprinklers. Oh, I just did it. I mean, it's. Oh. Oh, is that it? Yeah, I, I mean, you, you want to give me notes? I could do it. No, I thought you were practicing. No, we don't, we don't practice a on this podcast. To my performance. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I thought you were like, what about this one? No, I'm not we, paying attention to what's going on. We, we at one point recently were asked if we wanted to do a second take of something, and I reacted with complete surprise. Second Remember take? Remember that? We were like, second take? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's not a thing, is it? Yeah. Uh, I think people think that we act like we edit this podcast less than we do when, in fact, we just don't edit this no, podcast. No, Ben just takes out the most egregious shit and, you know, digression. Which is literally five things that have ever happened. Well, well no, than, he does more work I, than I that. I don't even more know than if we're five. rolling yeah. right now. We're rolling. We're rolling. Okay. Oh, we're that's rolling. Kind, that's kind no, of the magic. Do you know what I'm saying? It? Is it's like, are we even rolling? <laughs> we're, we're, and would it to be clear, if we yeah. weren't? To be clear, we are rolling. Yeah. Okay, great. And to be clear, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. My name is Downtown Griffin Nooms. Oh, great. I'm David Sims. And this is a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David. Yes. We talk about filmographies. Directors who have massive success early on in their career are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes the check's clear and sometimes they bounce Baby Jack-Jack. Um, baby Jack-Jack. <laughs> baby Jack-Jack. Sometimes they bounce Baby Jack-Jack. Uh, this is a m- I love that babysitter character. Oh, yeah. Every single little character in this movie. Yeah, hot take, perfect movie. Uh-huh. Uh, hot take, literally no mistakes in this entire film. Well, we'll see. Wow. Whoa. Wow. I, this is hard because The Incredible, to me, no, I think are we talking about it yet? Let's the Incredible, to me, is... Damn near perfect. It yeah. is not only one of my favorite Pixar movies, but one of my favorite movies, period, in the world. It is, if you if I had to sum up what I'm looking for in a movie, it's yeah. that. It's the funniest movie. It's the best. It's, it's, I love it. There's a reason I immediately thought to ask you, because we have spent there so many years talking about There are some things in my old age that I'm like, well, wait a fair. minute. I think Interesting. that's fair. I think that's and, fair. We'll, we'll, yeah. And it's hard for me, because I also am an unconditional fan of right. it. And I, I forgive all of the things that, like, I, I love The Incredible so much. I think it's perfect. Well, like, But there are yeah. some things that I'm like, okay, but if I had to be a wiener, and be like, <laughs> in the name of like m- trying to make myself smarter, I'll take, I'll look at perfect things and be like, okay, but if I had to find a problem. I mean, we'll do a wiener corner. We'll yeah, see. We'll we'll have corner, a wiener there's going to be some wiener moments. moments. There'll be a wiener circle. <laughs> but we should introduce that this is a Brad Bird podcast. Yeah, it's a main series my about the films of Brad Bird. Biggest, my, my, he's my biggest, one of my biggest heroes. Okay. Were you going to say Man say Crush? My, what? He's, Were you going to well, say Man yeah, Crush? That yeah. too. But I can't say my biggest because there's like, you know, Jim Henson and things right. like that. Sure. Maybe one of your biggest living heroes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's, he's, yeah, next loves. Uh, this miniseries is called The Podcastables. That's right. And this today is the title movie. we're talking about the titular movie and it's the guarantor, as we like to say. It is. It's his second film. On this show. It's the one that gives him the check. Uh, it's called The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our guest spoke before she was introduced, which is three-point shot. So sorry. No, that's, no, that's what, what we, we like. That's the test of character. We see mm. if people innately do it. And if they do, 
They're good. Right. If not, if they do, they're probably going to be a little more into how this podcast works. Otherwise, we throw them right out the studio. <laughs> no, otherwise, we have just a slightly more awkward episode. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking up. I'm just IMDBing to keep myself up to date. I should have done that before, but there's there's some less exciting moments. What? I didn't know that. What are you What are you looking up exactly? I'm looking at what he's written and what he's directed. Oh, yes. Oh, sure. The yeah. Life of Brad Bird. Yes. Batteries yeah, not wanna... included. Is that the one that yeah. got you? Yeah. 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 And of course. That was how yeah. he, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, for that was his first sort of big paying gig. Because that was supposed to be an episode of Amazing Stories. Right. Which he that I also and then they expanded know. it. He worked on that. He wrote a couple of them and then he directed Family Dog, which was incubated by Tim Burton. That's another weird thing we haven't talked about. Right. Family Dog was like Tim Burton designs that they hired Brad Bird to direct. And then it was so successful, they put it in front of a movie. Right. Right. And then they turned it into a primetime TV show, but kicked Bird and Burton off of it. The Incredibles. Can you introduce our guests? Yes. Sorry. No, no, I'm talking to Griffin. Newman. I know that, I, but I keep being like, and the other thing. But but here's the thing. When I mess up, our guest apologizes because she's responsible. <laughs> yeah. For- right, right. I right. am in some ways. It's way. all It's her my fault. failure as a camp counselor right. that Griffin has not I'm not housebroken yet. <laughs> yeah. He really isn't. Yeah. Uh, Every week it comes in here, poops on the floor. Well, so, I mean, we got the biggest credit out of the way. My my former summer camp counselor. <laughs> it but, is my biggest. Yeah. But also an amazing uh, comedian and writer for Key and Peel, for Baskets, for High Maintenance, for, can we say the show you're currently working on? Or is that? What show am I currently working on? I thought you were working on a show currently. I'm, I'm, I'm working on 18 things okay. that don't exist yet. She's working on 18 like things that don't writers, exist Like most writers, I'm playing house in the world of creating television. Becky Drysdale is our guest today. Hello. Welcome. So nice to have you so, me here. So much for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, I, I like to take credit for creating Griffin. Yeah, in a lab. <laughs> then you should be dragged before the highest tribunal but, but, but <laughs> held then accountable also, for your crimes. Also, anytime I do anything wrong, then she kind of uses like the stitch argument of like, he escaped before I had a right. chance to work oh, on all the kids. It's been years. <laughs> anything you like is me. I will say, though, that your generation of campers yeah. have all gone on to be like giant stars. It's absolutely insane. Let's Who do, we got? Let's do a little round. we got? The Flash okay, himself, We got Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller. Right. We got Lola and L. King and right. Lola, Hannah Dunn. Lola Kirk. Lola Kirk. Kirk, uh, they're all, everyone's on Mozart in the Jungle. Right. <laughs> Mozart in the Jungle. Literally and, every single person. Uh, El yeah. King, five-time Grammy Award it's nominee. Insane. I, don't know, yeah. I don't know El King. Not to mention, most of us were on that one improv team that you coached in my parents' living room. Like was Hannah, that? Ellie, Ezra, and I were all right. in Uncle Dad. Right. Which was which was the name of our high school improv troupe where we couldn't get any shows because they were all at bars and we were 15. Yeah, right. It happens. Yeah. It's it's really awesome to see. It's really awesome to watch. Yeah. But then there's some other people. I mean, uh, uh, people who weren't uh, clown kids, which is what, what they called the the comedy yeah. section of the camp, where all of us were doing stuff. Yeah. Lola, not as much everyone else. No. Uh, Lola didn't do it all. Hannah, Ellie, Ezra, myself. Yeah. We got to have Lola and Ezra on this show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Lola will be on at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's, it's just about uh, lining I haven't, up schedules. I haven't... Uh, I, I have not spoken to her in a very long time. I would love to see her. But um, yeah, who else is doing what? Uh, Sadie Dupuis is, is a big uh, former head of music, is a big uh, indie rock star. Right. 
Um, oh, well, there's, of, uh, there's Speedy stars. Ortiz. Right? Uh, uh, Speedy Ortiz. Wasn't uh, Matt McGorry a boxer? Right, right Matt McGorry from How to Get Away with Murder. And the Orange Program. He's famously woke. He's he very woke. Famously woke, woke. Male. Quite woke. woke male. Not afraid to shed a tear. Right, he sheds he the tear. He's a safety pin in a in a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ezra from other Ezra from Vampire Weekend. Right. Oh, um, uh, caning. Yeah, we kind of ran the table on Ezra's. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Thousands. Yeah, is there any I, other? You know, I would like to get Ezra Miller on the show. Pound. Ezra Pound. We had Ezra Pound. <laughs> I'd like to get Ezra Miller on the show. Problem is, he's too dang fast. I can't keep him in the studio. No, he is, he's too dang fast. This kid. Yeah, problem is, he turned into a, everything down so that he is in super slow motion. Right, an emo cloud. He did. It's a fantastic he did. beast. Yes, reference. yes, he's an emo cloud. Have you he seen that into movie? Into a cloud of emo. The Harry Potter movie where oh, Ezra plays yeah, a, an evil sir. cloud. Yeah. I mean, yes. he's he's sort of a you know a sad <laughs> boy course. for a while, and then he's a good cloud. And then he's I a went very to see that cloud. movie not knowing he was in it, and I was in the audience and audibly said, "What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I audibly said that too, and I, I knew he was in it. Yeah. It's uh, it's very yeah. It had the little platypus that ate gold though. That was cute. That but, movie was. Totally bananas. We, Sorry, we went to this, you know, Becky was a camper and then became a counselor and then was like the counselor to us. And mm. then we went on to become counselors ourselves. There's this very cyclical thing at this camp, but it's a camp where like everyone's like the one weirdest kid from every school goes to this camp and is like, I have arrived. God, this sounds yeah, my insufferable. People, it's as, great. And I was that kid too. Yeah. Fair enough. And then, and then eventually you get smoothed out a little bit. Sure. You go through your arc. There's well, the clown head thing we talk about where like, you come the one summer and think you're like fucking, you right. know. Isn't it the big fish little pond thing where it's like, yeah. no, yeah, right. You're not just the one weird kid anymore. Right. Right? Got, like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 it's time to learn, learn how to work with but others. I will say or, that the clown shop, like, you know, you know, as much as we all as teenagers got the, a totally disproportionate ego. Yeah. Because we had all been previously destroyed for all of the same things that then made us popular. Right, and suddenly you're doing like sketch and long form improv and people are like fawning over you. I know, you and you're like in a like big a star. Yeah. But I will say that uh, so many people have legit gone on to do actually that yeah. for their living. When, when I was a teenager, I worked with Dave Iserson, who, you know, then went on to work on SNL and Mr. Robot. He just wrote a movie with Kate McKinnon and Mila Kunis. He's still a very good friend of mine. David Minor was one of your counselors, right? No, or was he earlier? No, he was before me, okay. but David Minor was a clown guy and he produces literally every television show on TV. Right. 30 like, Rock uh, and Kimmy Schmidt represents Tina Fey and, yeah. and so forth. So, so people, it wasn't, it. there was something built in that didn't make people only obnoxious like yeah, like there yeah. was also this element sure. of like no but I'm really gonna do this right that you need a job at the end of all this yeah so, and, right. and there was an element I mean and granted a lot of these people myself Griffin and everyone we know included uh-huh. came from you know pretty supportive families yeah. with money and were given the opportunity and support right. to do those things but um you know I'm not gonna pretend that it was you right. know that we were like it was crazy uphill you know, sure, battle sure. to be supported in our endeavors, but but there was an element of like, no, I understand that this is a a real job that is very hard and has a limited success rate, and and the place taught a weird amount of work ethic because it's yeah, it's a very unstructured camp, so you weren't going to succeed unless you actually did the work because there's not any handholding. Yeah. And we did in two months. We did a two fully original sketch shows with like 60 kids who are all in various places on the autism spectrum. <laughs> right, right. And it was hard and it was, we basically had 12 days to put together an entire sketch show. So it really did kind of, I've never worked harder in my life. 
than I did being the head of that shop ever. Oh yeah, it's it's the hardest job and it's the most underpaid job. When you actually break down the numbers, you're being paid like a cent an hour. <laughs> like truly, <laughs> but that's it's how it's also lines. the yeah. most fulfilling job. It's the best job I've ever had. Um, but it, but it is one of those things where like when you're a camper and you're like I'm weird. I've never had a place where I fit in, and then someone suddenly like shapes you and puts you in a context, kind of certain context. Yeah. And then you like make sense and people are laughing with you for the first time. Yeah, it's it like changes your life. Totally. And then you get to the other side of the wall. And then the job is like, oh, here are all these fucking kids that don't make sense. How do I make I know, them funny? I have to make them make sense. And that sense. becomes the job. Like, how do you make everyone look like they're Bill Hader? Well, it's also like it, the, what's so fulfilling about it is this idea of like someone did this for me. And so my investment now is right. to pass that on. It's yeah. not the money it's not blah, blah blah you're you're deeply deeply invested in passing on the experience that you had to this new generation of kids and so like the idea of someone leaving camp and not being like oh i couldn't live without this right is your failure right becky becky like has a tattoo of the camp logo i'm gonna make such we a good transition okay. you have no idea right. it's important i know I just don't want to do an ad read without even mentioning the incredible. She has a tattoo of the camp logo, and when she would see kids like crying, she would go up to them and be like, "I remember being this sad, and I now have this tattooed on my body." That's a, that's a, yeah. I'm gonna do anything I can to make you enjoy this, even if you and don't want to do sketch it's comedy. Very, it's 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 relevant because Andrew Stanton's nephew went to Buck's really. Rock. That's interesting. Right. Well, here's the transition I was gonna make. Oh, talking uh, yeah, about mine wasn't great. <laughs> that was good. I mean, it was adjacent. Good. It was good. But this was like a thematic story that also ends in in me being an idiot, which I know you love <laughs> and our listeners love. Mm. Um, uh, Sarah Rubin, mm -hmm. who's who's now like big deal at Bugs Buzzfeed. Sarah, oh, that's Sarah's right. so yeah. great. That's yeah, right. has five billion Twitter followers. Has to get on this podcast. It's uh, she's another West Coast person. Where I we're know, just I know, for. I know, I know. But she came to like the the auditions for these shows are like all the kids get in the lawn and you just try to do group improv games with them to see who kind of pops a little bit. And Sarah was one of these people who like couldn't make eye contact. She looked exactly like Violet Incredible. Right. That's she true. had straightened hair in front of her face. Sure, sure. She'd stare at the she ground. Did look like she was tough for animators to work on. Uh, totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of technical complications. <laughs> yeah, right, right, she right, disappeared right. a lot. Yeah. Right. She was. She was like hiding from like the world. Yeah. And she was super. She had flossy. a side career as like an NPR person who read these great <laughs> stories. <laughs> like, like weirdly knowledgeable about Lincoln. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, exactly. But but she was like throwing out these amazing jokes. And it was one of these kids where I'd see like Becky every once in a while going, like, I, I'm in love with her. Like, that's my kid. <laughs> <laughs> like I see the like diamond there and yeah. I got to like get it out of her. And when the doors closed and we were all trying to assign sketches, cause you try to even out talent, you use the metaphor. You were like, Sarah Rubin is Violet Incredible, and I need to like get that hair out of her face so she has the power to fight Omni Droids. <laughs> Did I say that? You said that. I don't remember a goddamn thing I've ever said. Is what I'm learning. You said that. So then we were like, Sarah Rubin was like our pet project. We were like, <laughs> we're gonna at the end of the summer make this girl know that she's awesome. You know, which I think we did. Yeah, but I hope so. There was like a workshop you did where you put Incredibles on a TV so you could do some other work for two hours, and then came out at the end and explained why it was good. Interesting. And Sarah was there. And then when it ended, we found this piece of paper with a really good drawing of Violet Incredible. Mm. And we all went like, oh, fuck, Sarah Rubin drew that. She knows that she's our Violet. <laughs> like, this is perfect. We're going to fucking get the Turns hair out, out of her else face. Drew it? I totally like blew my cool and went to her and was like, Sarah, we saw that drawing oh that you left God. behind. That's so funny. And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. And so this kid, Dennis Moran, left it there. And she Who got, had no promise. No promise. No, oh wow! I just I, I love Take the idea of Dennis. like I love the idea of like, and it was this other kid who we hated. Right. Right. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm so glad you remember all this stuff because yeah. I don't remember anything. But but it, like we did, it, there was like that summer, like symbolically, like we got her hair out of her face yes. and then she became the funniest person in the world. Yeah. Um, She's great. The Incredibles. The Incredibles. And now The Incredibles. And now The Incredibles. The Incredibles. 2004. Right. So. Great year. Sure. One of the best. Uh, one of the John top Kerry, 2004 moves. John Kerry lost the election uh, mere weeks later. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. else has happened in 2004? Uh, we're lost, pretty hard. I went to college. Began to disappoint. Already. Yes, yeah. lost. Lost yeah. begins. I go to college. Me, humble brand. I know. Yeah. Huge, huge news. I dropped you out went, of college. You went to college. I in began college. Good lord. Wait, You're all ten. I'm fucking older than him. David's the only person here. Who actually made it through college? The three of us all dropped out. I, I know. have a a bachelor's degree. And, thank well, you no, very much. I went back and finished. Oh, okay, I just okay. I took some time off. Okay, then. me too. I'm still technically in a on a year abroad. Yeah, I'm on a ten year leave of absence. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I I I in order to drop out, I had to convince my parents that I was taking a year abroad, like yeah, doing a work sure. study, whatever a gap year. Yeah, and I put together this whole curriculum that I was going to do in <laughs> Chicago, which. I knew I was just dropping out and going to Chicago. Yeah. But I was like, no, I'm going to spend a year in Chicago and study. And I put together this whole curriculum. It got approved by the school. And so I went to Chicago, grabbed Jordan. Uh, Three-time and, Academy Award nominee Jordan Peele. Yeah, he might be a winner Academy. at this point. Who might knows? be a winner at this point. I fucking yeah. hope so. Uh, better be. But um, yeah, grabbed Jordan, went to Chicago. I knew I wasn't going back. But according to the school, according yeah. to Sarah Lawrence, I was doing this year abroad. So the next year, I won the housing lottery. I got number one in the housing lottery and oh, I wasn't damn. there. I could have picked anywhere any, I any wanted. Place. <laughs> like, and there are like some amazing right. places. Like there's like a tower. There's like a yeah. castle tower I could have lived in. And like three months later started getting these notices that were like, um, are you coming, coming? back to school? Can you pick? And I was like, no, I'm long gone. I'm a superstar now. I'm not just three months late. Yeah. I love that you, like, your friend who you, like, grabbed hands with and, like, locked eyes and said, like, let's do this, let's drop out together and, like, make it, is Jordan Peele. And my friend I did that with became a drug dealer. <laughs> Literally, like, three years later, I was like, let's catch up. And I went on a crack-selling run with him. I oh didn't realize. Crack? Yeah. He wasn't even, like, a sort of expensive drug dealer? He, it was crack and crack uh, and crack cocaine. Crack and crack cocaine? Yeah. It was a high-end crack. Yes. But I was like, let's catch up. And I showed up, and he had a gun. And I was, like, doing crack <laughs> drop-offs with him. That's a story I don't often tell. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I don't know what Jordan's doing on his off time. No, Jordan was, uh, I was like, hey, man, I think I'm going to go to Chicago and just, like, do this Second City thing and just, like, commit to this improv thing. Yeah. And I was like, do you want to come? And his answer was something something along the lines of, like, yeah, let me get my stuff. Like, there was no, he was, he's the most, he's so laid back. He still yeah. is. But, like, at the time, it wasn't like, well, I got to weigh the, it was just like, yeah, yeah let me grab my my weed and Can let's you give go. give me 10? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, right. it was so not a, not a, not a conversation. So, so this this movie when it comes out, you yeah, and I are both like dyed in the wool Pixar people. So I, I am too. Come on, I mean, I see him. Be- Becky and I go harder on Pixar than you do, for sure. I have the right 100%. to say this because sometimes you say dismissive things. <laughs> right. I did. I did sometimes at I call some you point. A child. Yes, I did at some point have to become conditional about it. Like for I, a while, I was unconditional, right. and I then I was like, mm, okay. the first ten years. At this point, I, yeah. even I am still pretty unconditional. Really? Like I, yeah, I don't. Oh, think... I would love to have to to 
have some conversation. Well, because I, I also think there are a couple that David haven't seen. Wait, what? I think there are a couple that you haven't seen. Which ones do you think I haven't seen? Have you not seen Cars Three? I haven't. I seen have Cars not seen 3. Cars Three. Yeah, I've seen or Cars two. Three. Both very conditional movies. Yeah, I'm very conditional. Yeah. About I haven't it. seen Monsters University. I essentially Monsters haven't University seen sequels. I stand for hard. Yeah, you stand for hard. I stand for it hard. I, I like I've Monsters seen... University, and I love I, one of the things I love about Monsters University is uh, the uh, score, the mu- the music, which was done by the Mar- March Fourth Marching Band, which yeah. is one of my favorite marching. Ba- I'm a big marching band fan. <laughs> I- but the I, Monsters University worked. I Fair also enough. think it's the only smart prequel I have ever I, seen. I wasn't actually trying uses, to start Monsters University. Well, you discussion. fucking did. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the only prequel where it uses the inevitability of the previous movie for narrative tension yes. in an interesting way. Yes. Um, I have seen everything else. Good Dinosaur? Yeah. It's more like so the weird. okay dinosaur. So uh, more like the bad dinosaur. More like the trippy acid trip in the middle for no reason for 10 seconds. That's crazy. Do more you like that the, moment. the corn farming movie. More like... Reptiles farming corn. Reptiles don't eat corn. Do they? Do you know. know. Do they do? Uh, not according to my <laughs> game Ark Survival. <laughs> do you folks know that The Good Dinosaur, they, they did one of those classic Pixar, hey, director, we're pushing you off the project, and then didn't hire a new director for a year and a half? And people in like so uh, there's that part of the movie where the dinosaurs are just looking around, not knowing where to yeah, stand. Is this my mark still? <laughs> no, but literally, like they would do interviews, other Pixar people, and they'd be like, "So who's directing the Good Dinosaur now?" And they'd be like, "You know, it's kind of just everyone's doing their stuff, <laughs> and Jesus. for the, the time being, it feels okay." It was strange. I mean, it was very much a, it was more a kids movie than yeah. yes, yeah. You know. I, I, didn't, I that, didn't hate it. I no, didn't, it but it was nice. very strange. So the Mad Dinosaur. It looked nice, and it had one. It was like a children's Great book. scene. Yeah. That was sort of how I felt about The Good Dinosaur. The tripping scene? The the sticks where the little oh, boy makes descri- the sticks to describe the loss of his family. I was a, like, oh, we're getting somewhere here. That's a classic Pixar And then it's yeah. like, eh, The rest it. of the movie. <laughs> anyway. But you know what I'm talking about, that crazy. Yeah, yeah no, yes. that, that, that it's shit's so good. insane. I mean, it's interesting. And it's fast enough that you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? But at this point, it's been Toy Story. It's a miracle. Bugs run. Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., and Finding Nemo. Right. Those are the only Pixar movies that have I know. been made. So, we're, right. so far, we're Things batting 1,000. Right. Next 100%. Year, and, and two years much, from now is Cars. So like that's right. the first, right. like you but, know. But almost exclusively, every film has outgrossed the previous. Right, yeah. It's uh, like a Bugs Life, I think, is a little down from Toy Story. Sure. Toy Story 2 outgrosses. And I will, say, and, yeah. I will say very firmly that I think a Bugs Life is the most underrated Pixar Right. Movie. I mean, at this point, I feel like that's people are- That's a long shot. I think that's, that's the key movie. to our, us retaining our friendship is that we will always go hard for a bug's life. If it's getting Nerds. in, and you're arguing you go as hard for Pixar well, as No, we I'm do. saying at this point I do. Sure. Um, bug's but, life is, the to me, in terms of storytelling and theme, the, the, tightest, uh, the tightest marriage of the setting and characters to the 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 themes and morals of the of of the movie. It is the tightest and cleanest. I learned I've learned more about storytelling from a bug's life than almost any other thing. The other thing I've heard, I've heard you monologue a lot about is how well the designs of every character in a bug's life support their characters. It's bananas. Yeah, it's total. It's it's a bug's life is like. Uh, like run, don't walk. Ch- yeah, revisit, see, see, see it again for the first time. Yeah, I think. I see it. And it's and it's also speaking of rules, the tightest 
uh, set of rules that is yeah. the most uh, aggressively followed set of rules in in a in a in a universe. Well, so yes, and it's a it's just a it's like a it's like a a a perfect quest story. It's like a total. You know, line for line, Joseph Campbell, Star Wars. Yes, like it, yes. It's, it's, it's like this really weird it's inside really Frank perfect. Capra movie. Like it's very like hard on its sleeve. It's, it's good. Yeah. The first, the first, very first shot of 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 a bug's life when they when they go into the tree, and all the ants are walking in a straight line, and the twig falls, and they all panic, and they have to like make a plan to like get around, around. The tr- yeah, the, right. this this leaf or something. Is the most incredible setup for the thematic ideas of the movie, and it—it's just—it's I, I just I I'm I'm very much a I fight hard for Bugs Life because I think yeah, it's I very think, underrated and I think forgotten. That's all fair. I think at this time everyone's like Pixar's perfect. Bugs Life, like that 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 would be the take right at the there time. Still shine on it. Bugs it's Life's so good. Did well. But, but the it's also well. beautiful. It it's was gorgeous. like the first use of that kind of light and, yeah. and the translucency through the leaves. Uh, you know, really, Ants, yeah. the movie that kind of stomped Bugs Life yeah. a little bit at the time. It didn't yeah. stomp uh, it. Bugs Life outgrossed people, it like three to one. Yeah, no, Ants I'm not talking, was like, poor man's I'm not, Bugs Life. I'm not talking about box office. I'm talking about critical reception, which I think is a real thing. People dismiss Bugs Life as a kid's movie and Ants was this like, oh, it's clever and Woody Allen's uh, in it. Like then you have B-movie, which well, just not shut out of the park. I just wanted to make a... It's like being insane for an hour. <laughs> it is. B I do movie not is, understand. B movie is a good dinosaur, like times ten. B movie is, if I'm not mistaken, a romantic comedy between a bee and a woman. <laughs> yes, but also but it's last, a reparation story about bees trying to get their money back. It's a legal thriller. It's oh. insane. Oh. Right, anyway, bees suing Ray Wasn't talking about B movie. movie Just wanted insane. to say something about ants, good and then job, we got ben. it. <laughs> yeah, fucking. He hell. says one thing, and you caused a war. Good job, producer Ben. Oh no. Ants is a disaster. Ants Thanks is a very, lot, Ben Deuce. And he's doing this thing. I mean, he's doing his ben, no. Poet Laureate. Oh, this is Tiebreaker, Haas, Mr. Positive, he's Mr. Positive. He's giving me like a million nicknames. Finest film critic. And then he says them Thanks all. Thanks a lot, Fuckmaster. All right. Just, yeah. just get Good this over with. Good job keeping us on track, Meat Lover. Okay. Fart Detective. <laughs> Peeper. I'm just, it, I'm just doing Birthday my Benny, I'm soaking just doing wet Benny, my job. white hot Benny. You know, just, Ben's indicating the thing I haven't done that I should be doing at this point. My job. We haven't even talked about the movie. David will get there. Ben's uh. a diazepine. I just wanted to say about ants. That Too it's, busy graduating to different titles such as producer Ben Kenobi, <laughs> Kylo Ben, Ben Knight Shyamalan, ben. ben Say Say Benything <laughs> dot dot dot. Ailey Ben's with a dollar sign. What's the Brooks name again? Warhaz. Oh, we still not have one. Fuck. So here's one that Robo Dan Dario suggested. Yeah. Um, Haas, do you know? <laughs> Yeah, Haas, do you know? That's insane. B19, the fennel maker. Yeah. Do you have Hagen Haas? Hagen Haas. Now we do. Now we do. Hagen Haas. Uh, he's a real vanilla bean. He's a real vanilla um, bean. I think Ants is it's so visually homogenous, which I know is sort of it the point. Looks terrible that it movie. Looks that movie bad. looks like four it buttholes. It's now. trying <laughs> it really does. It's trying to be like more real about like, well, ants look the same and they have, yeah. the, they have the right number of legs. Right and number of legs. Blue. And but like it's so like grim to look at it. Yeah. It's ants it's a weird ants movie. Yeah. It's not like the worst movie ever made. It's a weird movie. It's not the worst movie ever made. <laughs> it's a weird is the, movie. Is the praise it deserves. But but here's the big thing we're we're talking around. 
crap. Also, how okay. dare you? How dare you? No, no, no how I dare do? you? There's this whole per- period where DreamWorks was just because Shitting they make Pixar's they make lawn. yeah yeah they make movies faster because right. they don't care about right what Pixar did at the time. The, the legend um, is that, that they, it was like yeah. it was like Nemo, Shark's Tale, right, right, Bugs Life, Ants. Right. Shrek was supposed to be an answer to Monsters Inc. I can't right. even talk about Shrek. <laughs> We're not going to talk about I Shrek, a movie that Griffin Shrek. saw three times on opening weekend. Um, Shrek made me want another to kill movie that myself. looks another movie that looks like four. Buttholes. It looks so bad. Oh, that looks, looks, looks like a fucking like PlayStation like cutscene. Let yeah. me just say this about Shrek quickly. Sure. Go ahead. That the beginning of Shrek, where it was like, "What if?" Oh my god, I'm so mad. What <laughs> if all the fairy tales took place in the same fairy tale kingdom, sure, yeah. sure. and all the characters from all your favorite fairy tales coexisted in this space? Great, I love it. I'm in. <laughs> Three minutes into the movie, they take all of the characters, put them on trucks, and ship them out of the movie, <laughs> and then introduce characters you don't know and right. tell the story about them. Right. But the kids love Lord Farquaad. I mean, Lord Farquaad is kind of the best thing about but Shrek. But like, that, it was like <laughs> on, literally Griffin. you took the thing that was interesting about this movie yeah. and put it on Holocaust buses and shipped them out. Yeah. Uh, well, look. Holocaust buses. You know, the famous Holocaust buses. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean that. Yeah. But like, they they were like, we'll take the the thing that sold this movie David's idea yeah. and oh, drive boy. it out of the movie. <laughs> and then the only good things about the movie are the characters you do know, like the yeah. gingerbread man, Puss in Boots, all yeah. that stuff. I think Farquaad's okay. I'm cool with Farquaad. Whatever. I, I think we all agree that movie's overrated. More like Nightmare <laughs> Works. But I did love How to Train Your Dragon. More like Nightmare Works is going to get uh, underrated because Griffin just said overrated, but that was also really good. <laughs> I do. I did love How to Train Your Dragon. I will say that. That's a nice I, I movie. I mean, but that's a movie I think they put but more time into. Yeah. I think Miller. investment of time matters as well. But yes, you're absolutely. right. Real artist, absolutely beautiful. Right. Um, they Pixar was on this fucking miracle run, mm-hmm. but I think they were worried because with every successive film they had, the expectations became greater and greater. Yeah, that that's they, how I feel about my work. <laughs> That's how I feel about this podcast. Literally every episode's been better and more successful. One day I'm really going to screw this. This is after, by the way, airing after an episode where we consistently declared it was the worst episode we'd ever done. But our biggest hit. True, exactly. Now that people have seen my two episodes of High Maintenance, the pressure is... Such good episodes! I mean, I saw the first one at least. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen the second right, one. Right. I only saw the first they one, but it was great. I'm just assuming just, the second one yeah. was pretty I, good. What I'm saying is, I don't have the kind of pressure on me oh, that sure. Pixar does. Oh, oh, fair sure. enough. Fair enough. Yet. Not right. But they keep citing you in interviews as like Drysdale held us to a higher standard with storytelling this season. They did? I've seen them say that at least twice in interviews. That's extremely flattering. They're very they're good storytellers. storytellers. It said she's the and- Pixar of people. <laughs> I made that up. Well, they also, it also doesn't make sense. So I knew you made it up. Uh, you know, we had writers. We had writers. <laughs> really doesn't make any sense. It was clearly nonsense. Because uh, there were writers in that room who were like incredible playwrights and, right, you, right, know, right. you know, people who, not from the TV world, who are actual storytellers with real skills. So that's very surprising to me, but extremely flattering. That was a, it was an incredible hot, room to work in. Hot take, and I used to write about television for many years. Yeah. Uh, now that Halt and Catch Fire is done, that's the best show on TV. High maintenance. It <laughs> is. You. It's the I'll only show on TV credit. that every week full surprises credit. me. Like, oh. it was, uh, I love it, was it so much. It was so interesting. It was also right after the election during right. the Muslim ban, so it was a really interesting like going to work every day and being like, how do we right. how do you talk about this right. when we mm. know the show is going to come out in a year? Sure. And how do we capture this moment that's unprecedented yeah. and we have no idea what is going to be going what, on what in a year. What the moment will be, right, right. So, right. so that was a in, really interesting. It was, it was a really nice 
place to go to work every day and feel like there was a lot of crying sure. and like it was a very safe space and like people it was it was nice to be able to go somewhere every day and be like what the fuck's going on I love it and process that I love the show so the legend is that Pixar was in that kind of zone yeah they were yeah they were they were un, unbeatable but, but they were Steve Jobs who still was you know running the company very as a company so. and was giving sort of advice to the creative heads and going like here's the lessons I want to impart to you as to how to not make an Apple II. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? Fuck up. Right. right. Make a Newton. Right. And he kept on saying, like, you guys can't get comfortable. You have to keep you yourselves You keep thinking the Apple II was the bomb. The Apple II was the success. Oh, it was true. the Macintosh the Apple- that was oh, the okay. bomb. The it doesn't II matter. Was- that was the moneymaker. Yeah. It's the one that Jobs thinks is, like, hacky. Are you saying the Honeydew is the money melon? <laughs> exactly. Honeydew is the money melon. So they decided the story they tell is they saw Monsters Inc which opened huge sure. great reviews Pete Doctor also amazing but great they movie. were like Pete Doctor's the the genius of create the infrastructure of the imaginary the rules world. of the world In- incredible yeah. world builder absolutely um they go we just had another hit it's another buddy picture right we got Nemo on deck sure. that's another buddy, buddy picture. picture right we need to shake it up in some way right and they knew that Brad Bird was a classmate of most of them. And also all oh, yeah, of them right. had their bite at the app. The one, one, three yes. guy. Yeah, right. right. All of the original sort of like top tier brain trust project. guys right. had their own project at this point. They weren't right. doing all hands on deck movies anymore. So they needed another guy in the hopper. They thought he would shake things up and they brought him in. They essentially had the blank check to do whatever they wanted. And they said, we want to gift it to someone else. And apparently Disney was like super against almost everything. Interesting. Really? Were there other that. people or they was were like, it just Brad Bird's difficult? He oh, sure. Pitched it to them. Well, and also the Iron Giant had lost money. Had so lost maybe a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had a reputation. He had gotten fired off a bunch of things because they were like, this guy's exacting. Did they remember that they also fired John Lasseter? Right. Right. <laughs> but but also the the story they tell, like I, I watched uh I, I watched this movie twice in preparation for this episode once with the commentary because I realized I'd never heard the commentary. Excellent oh, commentary. Excellent commentary. It's, I don't know isn't if I've the done commentary that. the one that begins with Brad Burry being like, This is not an animated film, it's a film. Like he's aggressive like from He does that about one. halfway through. He says okay, the next fine. time someone calls animation a genre, I'm gonna punch him in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and agree. you're like, I, I think you will, Brad. I think, I think it sits outside of the animated genre so as well. Same with uh, Wally. It's also, uh, it's recorded the morning after either Frank or Ollie has died. Uh, his two mentors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, oh, like the old, old men, Disney yeah. animators. Yeah. Um, but Who are bef- at the end there, right? Yeah, before the, the movies school. come the old, out. The old men. Before the movies come out, so they keep on making jokes about like, oh, fuck, I hope this isn't Pixar's first flop. They don't say fuck, but they like keep on joking about like, yeah. But they said, and it's clearly, it sounds like it's about uh, Eisner, that they went in and pitched it and Eisner or whoever it was, these top Disney executives right. were like, this is not an animated movie. Right. And proceed to explain to Brad Bird what is or isn't an animated movie. <laughs> sure. And they were like, you can't do animated films about humans. This right. is an action movie. They're better in live action. Right. You're it breaking doesn't have a lot of the rules. Animals. Right. Yeah. Right. right. They were just like, this is not what does well in animation. Right. It's not a musical. Yeah. And Brad Bird just sat there silently. And his producer, John Walker, who he had brought in, had been his like, I'm yeah. a giant guy. Yeah. Was like I was genuinely afraid that Brad was going to lose like, his mind and get fired like in his postal at Mike Eisner, right. right? And in the greatest moment of restraint I've ever seen him use, he just turned to Lasseter and went, "John," because <laughs> he kind of knew he had the Lasseter bubble at that point. Right, that Pixar right, was right. so, proven. which is insane because they yeah. said the same thing to Lasseter when right. he was like, "You can do a feature length 
computer-generated movie. And right. they were like, he's mad! Right, right. Kick him out on the street. But now, four years later, they were like, we had to keep on fighting for fucking everything on this uh, movie. And I, th- I think they were all a little worried about it. Sure. And the marketing was, like, very goofy. Very. Yeah. Like, well, very pun-based, very fat superhero-based. Well, right, but it had Well, they that, released that little the, the, the teaser, teaser where he's putting that on. isn't actually in the movie. Right. But it, it's kind of funny. They do that a lot I mean, in yeah. Pixar because they they're not that. done right. with the movie. Right. But, I mean, I remember that teaser, watching that in a packed house, and it was, like, fucking Showtime at the Apollo. People <laughs> yeah, were screaming. Yeah. Like, oh, it, God, was, it yeah. went over it's well. amazing. Yeah, it did. But then I remember when they cut the trailer together. And was it their first, I'm sorry, was it their, it was the first human movie. Yes, yeah. First human Pixar 100%. Yeah, movie with humans yeah full stop ever right no yeah. well, there are humans in the other movies yeah. but they're not the mean yes right and they tend to be creepy plastic looking and, people and they even talk right. like that was a big thing like humans were always really tough to do in cgi yeah. and also a humans very and tough, hair humans well, once, and hair once they nailed hair that's the craziest thing it's like this is this huge action movie with all these stakes and on the commentary they keep on talking about like the most difficult things in this movie were uh hair feathers fabric Oh, the fabric is water. Right. I could go right. two hours. Yeah, on they've the got a lot of shit. in that movie. Like the scene where they're Nobody in the water. Nobody wants me to, but right. I could. Wet hair. Spinoff episode. Wet right. hair. When they oh. land yeah. after oh. the plane hair. crashes and their suits are wet, you and their can hair see is what wet. a pain in the ass that yeah. was. Totally. Well, when they're uh, after that happens, and then they're zipping through, like uh, Elastigirl turns into a yeah. boat, and and Dash is is right. paddling. That his wet hair is blowing in the wind, and it's insane. It's amazing. They keep on talking about how, like, there were all these shots where they were like, Brad, if we just don't show this, we'll save, like, a month. Right. And, like, $50,000. And he was like, no, it has to be in there. Mm -hmm. Because he was, I I think he knew this was, like, his last big shot. And he had come with this premise under his arm because he'd been trying to make this movie as a 2D movie for years at different studios. Mm. This I did not. And just was, like, not going to bend on this. There's like he was developing this in the '90s, like early '90s, at like Turner Animation and stuff. Okay. Uh, ding dong. Oh, someone's oh, at the we door. Got at the Just door. let him in, Griffin. Oh, Ben's going for it. Wow, everyone's opening the door at the same time. <clears throat> hey, what's up? Looking for stars. Uh, the the cable channel. <laughs> I'm sure that might be a good. Start. It's on your dial. Yeah. Look, I I, I got a skill. Okay. I find the next big stars. Like the cable channel? Mega No. I mean, yes. <laughs> right, although right. I, you did, mean, I did discover them. You mean Hollywood stars. Big like Hollywood talent. Big okay. Hollywood talent, okay? okay. All right. All I'm right. looking for talent. I've lost some of the more impressive members of my roster. Uh-oh. Who are you? Cy Weinstein. It doesn't matter. Weinstein probably was a bad choice of a name. Don't blame me for it. That's, I mean, no relation. Hey, what's your name? Cy Weinstein. Oh, he's doubling down on it. Great. Okay. No relation. I don't have a choice. That's a lineage. What's your name? Cy Hershkowitz. All right. There Perfect. we go. There we go. I, I resent having to be whitewashed in this way. <laughs> uh, all right. So you're looking on, you're on the lookout for stars. Right. Where, where'd your other stars go? Uh, most of them have died. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I mean, you're, uh, you're an older gentleman. I, you know, I don't mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I had some of the biggest uh, stars of the '90s. Uh, Moose, uh, the from Rocky Bullwinkle. Like, no, uh, the dog from. Uh, oh, from, from Frasier, Eddie. Oh, I thought you yeah. meant um, from. Uh, you can't do that on television. No, couldn't get him. Couldn't get him. 
He it's actually a, horned in on your territory in some ways. Yeah. Uh, no, you mean Moose from like uh, the artist. The or no, that was Uggy. Yeah, Moose I, was the first I, dog. I had Uggy as well. Oh, okay, unfortunately, okay, okay. dearly departed. Yeah. Uggie. No. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, I had the uh, you know uh, Bolto. He was a cartoon, wasn't he? Yeah, but I mean, who do you think's doing the voice? <laughs> you? No, Balto. <laughs> wasn't it Kevin Bacon? Well, that's what they tell you. They boost sure. up the box office sure. grosses. Right. Which it certainly did. Right. Who do you think did all the barking? <laughs> My guy, Mark Balto. <laughs> Look, I'm uh, Hollywood's number one dog talent agent, but the point is, you, you work, you develop a, a talent for five years, and then they kick the bucket in the dog talent agency. Okay. The second they hit cruising altitude, fucking out the door, dead. So you're telling me you need some kind of a platform, maybe, yes. where you could find the right job candidates Fast for you. Fast and en masse. Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than just posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. I mean, sounds good. Keep on going. They learn what you're looking for, which sounds like is... Uh, mostly dog talent. Particularly now, I want a dog who's good at wearing glasses. Uh, great. Well, they identify them with people with or dogs with the right experience, such okay. as glasses wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they invite you to, uh, they, they invite these dogs to apply. Now, here's a fun fact. Okay. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site, but just in one day. So you could get a glasses wearing dog in 24 hours. Well, because, uh, you know, pilot season, hot project going around right now. They're rebooting Bones, but with dogs. <laughs> so you need a dog to play uh, Bones, Dr. Bones? Yeah, I need a dog who's good at some sort of will-they-won't-they chemistry. <laughs> well, here's the thing. With a bone. But here's the thing. The right candidates, right, yeah. are out there. Because they're testing tomorrow. I need someone okay, so, stat. And ZipRecruiter is how you're going to find them. Well, that sounds great to me. All right, well. Right now, blank check listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. For free. For free. That's right. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash blank. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash blank. They're not even taking a commission? ZipRecruiter.com slash blank. Well, that's all I need to hear. I'll leave the promo code blank. Just remember this. (laughs) No, no, no. Just remember this. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ben's really a... Really dragging her out. That's, as I said, what I'm looking for is a smart dog, or at least a dog that appears to be smart by balancing glasses on well, the bridge of its nose. Try ZipRecruiter out for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash blank. All right, I'll get out of here. Okay. Yeah, get the heck out of here. Sigh. Hey, Griffin. Hi, how's it going? You, you don't know that guy? I feel like you know everyone in the industry. He used to represent me. <laughs> yeah, and then he dropped you? His only human client. Uh-huh. Um, well, we did that. We did that. <laughs> God, Becky, it would be so embarrassing if we had to do some dumb improv thing in front of you on this show. Thank God that is not a circumstance. Well, I've we have clearly be been highly coached. Uh, I thought it was great. Thank you. Well, all compliments to Cy Herskowitz, <laughs> Abelman. I, don't know, I really I, had to. I rarely will shut down one of your bits, but that that had to go. So, The Incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> The incredible. So he makes the pitch to, to, I, to or is it Lasseter recruits him? I uh, mean, yes. I know he had this pitch. Lasseter brings him in, but they still have to pitch to Disney what the film's going to be. Disney doesn't believe it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're accepting this pitch at a point like when only X-Men has come out. 
you know, right? Because it's like two thousand, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, and and it, they just fought really hard so for the, this movie. The, so the country doesn't even know what superheroes are. They've never heard of them. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally foreign concept. Yeah. The other thing that is interesting is this is like the first Pixar movie that's not written by like a room. Right. Like Brad Bird wrote the movie. Right. Like he came in with his script and a lot of it was reworked. But well, sure, but, know, but, but like, he essentially like entered with a spec. A right. spec that he had been shopping around Hollywood for like 10 years. Right. You know? Uh, whereas every other Pixar movie had sort of been like incubated in a collaborative way. And then someone goes off and tries to like make the bones of it mostly themselves. Uh, uh, which I hear is one of the hottest pilots this pilot season. Dog bones. <laughs> um but uh, you got to get a talented dog for that. Though. You got to get a talented dog for that in yeah. less than 24 hours. Um, but, but he makes this movie. Yes. It's fascinating because in the commentary, he keeps on talking about like, yeah, you know what I don't like in superhero movies. And it's like there have been four at this point. Right, like he's right. complaining about the like cliches of the genre. Right. And there's so few examples, but he was already upending things that we hadn't even gotten tired of yet. Right, but I mean, you know, there's a, a, la- a long history of superhero, yeah. you know, everything else and before also, this generation yes. of superhero movies. It has this this Fantastic Four kind of pitch of Very like, much oh, so. we're going to take the American family, reflect it in these characters. It's still the one good Fantastic Four movie. Agreed. Uh, do you know the Miyazaki story? No. Uh, Miyazaki visited Pixar mm-hmm. at this time when he was making Spirited Away, I believe. Okay. Like, obviously, you know. Really? Yeah, Pixar and Ghibli had, you know, Lasseter and Ghibli had this relationship at that point. Like, Lasseter helped Spirited Away. I feel like it must have been the movie after that. Well, I don't know. I thought Spirited Away was before that, yeah. too. Spirited Away is 2002. Domestically. All right, fine. So maybe it's... Domestically. Maybe he's work- Domestically. Jesus Christ. I mean, well, maybe he's working on the American release of Spirited Away, which had a dub. You right. know, had like a very... Like, Lasseter supervised the American yeah. release of that movie. Two-year dubbing process? I don't maybe know. It's, maybe it's Hell's Movie. Well, no, it's more... Didn't this movie have like a four-year let's, production yeah, process? Yeah. Let's just assume... Oh, it's 2001, too, so... Oh, it is... Oh, fuck, you're right. Actually, it is. No, no. It, no, it was a J- 2001 in Japan. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, he visits yeah. and Bird was like sweating bricks because mm-hmm. he respects this guy. Yeah. And he shows him some reels and he says like, what do you think? Like, is this just American nonsense? And Miyazaki was like, you're doing a very adventurous thing in an American film. Like, you know, sort of like was like, I'm very impressed with this and like probably wandered off onto a cloud and vanished or something. They also like, it was <laughs> turned into a giant baby head and rolled away. <laughs> He jibbled on out of there. <laughs> exactly. Yes, everyone became a river. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was Pixar's first PG movie, which was more of a leap than people thought it right, was. And right. it like almost opens with machine gun fire. Yeah, it's true. And it has a guns. Suicide. Yeah, and, right. right. Yeah, very, this movie's brutal. It, like, directly, the suicide right. is like, whoa. Like, yeah. That's a lot of parents having to turn to, to their have kids a conversation, and be like, right. we'll, we'll talk about that later. He directly says, like, you you foiled my suicide attempt. Yeah. Right. right. He didn't want to be safe. Right. Um, but you have, like, adults who clearly have a sex life. Like, there are all yep. these, like, complicated sure. things yeah. in this movie. You well, it's Holly a movie Hunter. about parenting. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. a movie about parents. It's a movie about midlife. It's yeah. about it's a movie about losing your sense of right. Of of self, I mean, this is yeah. not a, a a kids movie. It's also in not any it's way. paying lip service. It like actually delves into all these things and has long animated discussions with like middle aged people, totally. weighing well, like yeah. legacy and stuff. early middle age. Give them credit. Okay, okay. well there, but It'll, there's like all that stuff with um, what's it, Wallace Shawn? Yeah, yeah. Like it's like a, it's we're about, talking about the corporate, right. you know, system, right? And like being stuffed into a career too. But it also has right. Holly Hunter. My point, who just like it's just too grown up. 
to be in a G-rated movie, I think. I agree. Holly Hunter's too like mature and interesting. She's sexy. You, exactly. Girls too sexy. I'm also gonna She's throw I'm gonna throw out a hot take, and mm. I don't say this lightly. I think this is the best vocal performance in any Pixar movie. Which what, what I would, think uh, Holly, Holly Hunter's Hunter is unreal. I mean, it's unreal. She's I amazing. Mean, Who would be like the competitor? I think Amy and in, in Inside Out is pretty fun. I think she's phenomenal. That's phenomenal and and a deceptively difficult performance. Absolutely. And I think Albert Brooks is phenomenal. And, I agree. And and, and subtle. And that's even yes. more difficult and, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because he has to do a lot of whining. Like, right. Yeah. And I obviously love. Uh, I mean, he's Albert Brooks. I mean, yeah. he's good. Yeah. At I it. mean, I I love that Pixar at least for a while was was casting people who were. In broadcast very much news, the, <laughs> very much the exactly, yeah. very much the right person for the role, and not yeah. the sexy star. Craig T. Nelson, which like yeah. DreamWorks yeah. was d- the Will Smith, of the, course, you know, right? Of and course. the fish looks like Will Smith. Martin Scorsese, yeah. and the fish I looks like Martin Scorsese. I can't, right? I can't even. But like Disney at this Woody point, hey. Disney at this point, hot, hot to the youngsters. Yeah, right. right. They but love that was literally Woody DreamWorks' Allen. model was like take a celebrity whose persona we all know, design the character to look like them, and just play into their bit. Right. And Disney and Pixar was like, hey, Disney, do you want to give us over $100 million to make a movie starring Coach? Like, right. That was you know what was also yeah. great was Rip Torn. He was a great Pixar voice. In, and Richard Kine. I mean, there were, great, there were a lot of great ones. Uh, which one? Why am I blanking on Wasn't Rip Torn, Torn the guy in um, Monsters, Inc., who was the— James Coburn. That's James Coburn. Wait, who was—Rip Torn was someone. I think you're right, but Coburn is is Water Noose and Monsters Inc. Rip Torn is one of those guys. Every time I Google him, I'm right. I'm like, yeah, he's not dead, right? I know yeah. he's not. Dead. I've had it's my amazing. Rip Torn death tweet saved on my phone for literally nine years now. Oh, maybe he. Wow, I've never been. Guess what so he is very in. wrong. Guess what he is in B movie. Hercules. Oh right. yeah, Hercules. Hercules. Hercules, my boy. He's so great. That's my Rip Torn impression. He's. I thought he was in Smurfer. I thought too. That's Coburn is the Crab Man. Right. Bad Crab Boss. I think his official name is Mr. Bad Crab Boss. I may also be having like brain association with Albert Brooks and Rip sure. Torn because of Defending Your Life, which often very possible in my brain. But um, so I'm glad I was wrong about that. I thought <laughs> I, you know, I I thought Amy Poehler's performance in Inside Out was truly one of the I think her best performances. Period. I think yeah. it's a terrific performance. Um, yeah, I th- I think Hunter, there's some incredible voice moments for a lot of people. In uh, Hunter movies. is just doing such a thoroughly adult performance in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like a, I think she's one of those actors who like finds an unconventional way around every single line reading without sounding like that's the purposeful challenge. Like oh, she's no, yeah. she's not she's, doing like a Christopher Walken incredible. thing where it's like let me find a weird tempo. And it was it was just a really smart yeah choice, right? And she's also one of those people who like always. Uh, reads with a lot of integrity. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's just a voice Agreed. on screen, she has right. so much authority, integrity, gumption. Well, and but I she's think, also and sexy. I think, like, and I think uh, that the out. the big thing for both of these characters was they have to be parents. Right. And she's trying to be a good mother. And I believe Holly Hunter in in that role. And, and they have to like, be grown-ups. Like, they can't they be, be like cartoon versions of parents. They have to be like, right. they're the main characters. We have to believe them as like complicated adults. Um, so like, the movie opens with this documentary opening, mm-hmm. which he said he did because he wanted to like purposely play against expectations of like, you always open with the biggest action sequence. 
to like start it off, and instead you start off with like grainy like footage. <laughs> uh, right. I love it so much. I love it too, and the you know the square uh, presentation well, the, and the yeah. newsreel. Right, right. Well, so then you go from that to Mr. Incredible, like at his his glory day, mm-hmm. um, trying to save as many people as he can before he gets to his wedding. Right, uh-huh. and then the newsreel. Right, um, which like already. There's one moment in this movie that activates a certain kind of like, this is what I want to see out of a superhero movie joy for me that's still in the, uh, what, 14 years since this came out, I have not seen done again in any of the 40 million superhero films that have been released. Mm -hmm. It's when Mr. Incredible is like on the rooftop and he sees Frozone all the way in the distance, Mm. like swishing by, by right, right. and they just have this like long distance conversation should you yeah. be getting ready or what you know yeah. and I got time right especially in this like interconnected superhero universe landscape that we're in none of the superhero movies have gotten across that vibe of just like casually like this is just a world where superheroes are just doing shit all the time like one superhero saving someone over here another superhero is 20 blocks away saving someone else you know yeah. Like this is just an ecosystem. Yeah. It's just how ha- mm-hmm. my only question is what's happening after they're all gone. You know crime what I mean? Is running rampant. But like, like crime running rampant is one thing, but like, are there like mole people drilling? Like, you know, who deals with the, the sort of the more outsized Cops. issues? Sure. Okay. okay yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it's not a thing they delve into, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there is this, this suicide thing. I mean, I think a thing that Brad Bird is incredibly, incredibly good at, and it translates to his live action movie as well, is like knowing how uh, color can change the mood of a scene. Because this is a movie where like every time period- You're talking about Tomorrowland? Tomorrowland, I think (laughs) it's probably the strongest aspect of Tomorrowland is like the color shifts between Uh, the environments. But this is a movie where like when he's going through time periods or different environments, like he's so good at like, this is fun and this is light and then establishing a new scene where immediately it's like ominous and sort of Mm -hmm. foreboding. And there's- which is also true of batteries not included because you mm-hmm. have these very sort of dark or darker, more grim, sort of depressing yeah. backdrops and then these this, these moments of color. He said that like his thing that he's obsessed with and that he really wanted to capture in this movie is like the, the fantastic mundane. Mm-hmm. Like he likes that contrast mm-hmm. of and he was like when I went into Pixar and I pitched it. I included a couple specific jokes, and usually those pitches you're doing just a larger story arc pitch. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned the joke of like Mrs. Incredible looking at her butt in the mirror, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like some of those things because I had to hammer home to Disney. Like no, but the idea is you keep on getting back to how human these characters are right. in these insane circumstances, and he's really good at those drab shifts where like this like Glory Days section of Mr. Incredible is like super bright, super saturated hero theme, but like the moment it goes into that like building with Bon Voyage. Monsieur Incredible! The best character in the history of cinema. Bon Voyage. He was going to be called Bon Perignon. makes me still, after seeing The Incredibles 150 times, I laugh so so hard. The accordion on the soundtrack. (laughs) Yes, the music. (laughs) I can't, like, like a a giggling baby. His body language is so... Yeah. I love Bon Voyage so much, I can't even... I can't even. But that's like the other thing this movie gets to is you feel like, oh, this is just a world where at any given time there are like 80 shitty villains like that running around. Right. Whereas like every superhero movie now is like focused on one. Like there's one plot. There are no like 
sort of like supplemental threats that we're not even considering, right. you know? And you're like, Bon Voyage is like robbing a bank every night, probably, mm -hmm. you know? Um, you're forgetting about Suicide Squad. Twisted. We're doing that on purpose. <laughs> well, yeah, you keep bringing up David Ayer movies. You keep pitching Bright on us. Keep pushing Bright. Yeah, before we recorded, Ben kept on pitching Bright to us as if we had to explain him that Bright's already been made. But what if it's brighter? All right, Griffin, can I talk to you for a second? You can always talk to me. That's the format of this show. Well, so I'm, glad, I'm glad that our relationship has a real back and forth. Yeah, and open boundaries. And I would say that our relationship is a sort of easy and free kind of discourse. It's a constant say? transfer of ideas and thoughts and, and words. Exactly. Yeah. It's sort of like the we transfer simple, easy, free uploading and share oh! process. There's no sign-in. There's no onboarding. There's no complicated That's file system. I love. You never make me on board. I never do. It's the, I think that that we don't talk about that enough. Actually. That's a competitive advantage, actually. Um, it's you know we transfer. They're just they they make the creative process easier for everybody. Okay, but but I'm probably gonna have to I don't know withstand some ugly wallpapers right while I'm on their Excuse site. Excuse me, their wallpapers are beautiful. Thirty percent of them are devoted to showcasing the best art, photography, music, and more from around the world. Also, they kind of get back to they the community. Donate that space to art artists, you know, to promote their work. Yeah. Anyway, so WeTransfer is great. Uh, you can share big files around the world for free. No sign-in, no offer codes, no password to forget. You just upload, you send, and you get back to making what you make. Okay. So, I mean, sounds good. To I'll, I'll get back to making it. I mean, what? We probably have like 30 seconds left on well, this let's ad let's just read, skip right? the rest of this ad and get right back into the podcast. It's WeTransfer.com. You make WeTransfer. Okay, done. So th then we have this like shift where suddenly like uh, Buddy shows up, who's Mr. Incredible's number one fan. Uh, he he's uh, vooced by Jason Lee, right? Br brilliantly, incredible, brilliantly, great voice. Uh, and does, I'm incredible. Does a really good job playing the two ages. You know what really? Mm -hmm. Yes, he does. You know what yeah. really gets to me about Buddy, especially that the teeth, his teeth are all yeah. weird, and it, it freaks me out. I think it's intentionally. He has like kid yeah. teeth. Well, he also yeah. intentionally was modeled after Brad Bird. Uh, well, but how intentionally, right? Because I thought Brad Bird only realized that later, right? Wasn't that something they were kind of sneaking by him? Yeah, it was intentional on the part of the designers. No, I'm aware, right, He right, didn't right. realize it was him, but they were also terrified of him because he's, right. like, so exacting. The documentary about, like, the big making of, like, begins with them being, like, there's a 700-pound gorilla in the room and it's Brad Bird, right? Like, yeah. that's how they describe him. And he's just, like, sitting there being, like, <laughs> yeah. That's me, you know, like... There's a clip in that documentary where he's like, and ladies and gentlemen, here's our new director, Brad Bird. Like, they're bringing him mm -hmm. just to meet all of Pixar. And he's like, I know you guys are sitting back and you're like, huh, yeah, we're Pixar. We're pretty good. Right. Four hits in a row. But like, I'm here to tell you. Like, it, like he was Arlie Ermy. Like, before he even got his, mm -hmm. like... Yeah, staff. I think he was also very like you have forgotten what two D animation is, and I need to remind you. Like he right. was really, really uh, religious about that. And he didn't want to go to Pixar because he no. didn't want to do CGI. He didn't want to do CGI. Mm -hmm. So then when he got in, he was like, I want to do everything I would like to do in two D that I'm told I can't do in CGI. In CGI. Right, right, right. Because you're Pixar. If like you're on this much of a hot streak, you can support me in doing whatever I want. Yeah. Um. But then you hear him talk about it afterwards, and he was like, yeah, I was terrified. I thought I was, like, ruining the entire sure. thing. Yeah, he deals with his anxiety in one way. So right. people deal with it in other ways. Um, but, but I think a thing I really like in this movie is that, like, uh, Mr. Incredible is a dick to Buddy. Like, he is overly harsh mm -hmm. and dismissive mm -hmm. in a way that it's not just, like, this is some annoying kid. He gets what's coming for him. But, like, Mr. Incredible could have stopped this. 
if he were right. a little well, that's, more diplomatic. Well, that's like what happens when you when you're with the camp counselor who right. dismisses the kid right. with the hair in front of her face. I right. work like, alone. Right. Like, exactly. Uh, yeah. And then they end up going crazy. Yes. Um, the question but this is, is how... where some of my problems start happening. Okay. Is okay. okay. All right. Thing. Is with okay. the villain. Uh, with so the, I the, I think what makes the my favorite Pixar movies, especially as a person who's like learning from these things and have has has learned so much from these things and 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 actually um a great example is in Finding Nemo um where at some point early on in the movie someone just says what the movie's about out loud mm-hmm. in a sentence right and in Finding Nemo that is when um Marlon says I promised him nothing would happen to him and Dory says why would you promise him that uh, if he, if nothing ever happens to him, then nothing will ever happen to him. And it's like every single thing in the movie supports that right. idea. Thumbs up. Isn't that insane? It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And in, in the same way, in, in A Bug's Life, the theme is so tight. You know, we're going to explore the idea of marching to your beat, the beat of your own drummer in a mm-hmm. world where everyone walks in a straight line. So, so Pixar movies, the good ones, I feel like, are very... I keep saying tight because it's the best way I can explain it, but I, I feel That's like the best like. Pixar movies are so clean yeah. with the a good word. theme versus setting. There is nothing that doesn't feed into the theme. Right. From a design and, standpoint, and, a story, and to dialogue, me, when I action, When I write yeah. things, I use that lesson of right. like, if this isn't supporting that statement, it goes. Yeah. Because jokes are easy. You can come up with a million jokes. But if this thing is taking me away from that larger mission statement, mm-hmm. I, can, I can lose it. So, so do it you becomes feel a really like good editing tool. Veers? So my issue with with The Incredibles is I don't know if it's about if everybody's super then no one will be. Right. Or I don't or if it's about everyone is special. You know what I'm saying? Like if everyone is super then no one will be is not what the movie's about. No. And I don't and I don't understand it as syndrome's motivation. You know what I mean? His motivation is not to make no one super. His motivation is to create a villain that only he can defeat and thereby make himself the greatest superhero ever. He also says at some point in the movie that his idea is that with his technology, anyone could be a superhero. It's not even just selfishly him wanting to be as powerful. It's him wanting to take the power away from those who were given it from birth. Yes, but then you have Dash, who on the other side of that coin says, um, Something, oh, I'm going to misquote this and I hate myself for it, but something about like, you know, if, if, if everybody's special, then no one is. Is that what he says? She says, uh, everyone's special dad, dash, and he says, which is another way of saying that no one is. And Syndrome right. says that in a triumphant way. Right. If everyone's special, yeah, then no I one guess will be. there's, there's, there, I, there's something for me, and I'm very, very happy to say that it's, I, I'm very happy to admit. If it's just that I'm not smart enough, because I believe very strongly that yeah. the people making these movies are significantly smarter than I am. But there is something about those thematic statements that didn't sew together for me with what the movie ended up being about. Well, th- this is like especially movie- because what it was so much about for me yeah. was these these middle aged people trying to recapture their youth and find meaning. Yeah. You know, that. It didn't. I, I had an issue with sort of sewing together this idea of everyone is special than nobody is as either a motivation 
It, it didn't get, it didn't feel answered to me. This is a movie that people fight over a lot. People fight over the motivation of, what, of syndrome. And, and what the ideology of the and film the is. the political and, and implications. Because he gets right. thrown this accusation of being this kind of Ayn Randian, like, objectivist guy. This is the movie that is the beginning of that right. argument, and it is the most, it is the most clearest because argument. And I want to say, that statements. being said, it is still, like... Right. Like I will, I will stand in front of an army of armed men, right, to protect this. I think it's genius and brilliant. Whatever. That's my only thing that I'm like. I don't quite understand because it's said twice. Yeah. Because it's clearly like this thematic statement that I yes. don't see it supported in the way that I do with other Pixar movies. Well, the the other thing with the movie, not to like draw too neat a line. But that I I think the main thing this movie comes out of, especially when he's like writing it in the 90s and he can't get like arrested in Hollywood. Right. Right. There's this long period where he's burned so many bridges as being that guy's too difficult. He's too exact. Is that true? I don't I don't know yes. anything about yeah. that part of it. We talked about he it got like fired from Disney. Episode. He was like the wonderkind and yeah. he got fired from Disney and they because he kept on going into superiors and going like, mm. we should make this better. We should do this the right, way they used right. to do it in the 40s. And they'd go like, we don't give a shit. So they yeah, fired getting him. fired from Disney is a great way of then becoming in charge of Disney. Right, right. <laughs> I think. Well, okay. So but, but, we because we went over a lot of that last week. Right. I don't. Oh, want, I don't no, no, it's fine. I don't. But, I just don't need Griffin but, to rehash. No, right. It's but like, to tie it into this, I I think the main thing this movie is coming out of is his frustration with I'm constantly being told that I shouldn't play to the best of my abilities. Yes. Like, he kept on going into environments in which... It's that of a frustrated artist, right? right. That's the mm-hmm. argument against and they him would being kept, a Randian. keep on saying, you don't have to aim for a 10, just do a 2. But what I think Brick, Becky is bringing up is what's Syndrome. Right. So that's where it gets murky. Because what Syndrome is, is yeah. a genius. Right. He's undeniably talented. Yeah. He's absolutely prepared to be a superhero. Like, right. you know, when once he's a grown-up. Maybe yeah. not when he's a kid, right? Mm-hmm. He has the zero-point energy thing. Like, he's... He could be a super... Yeah, right? Yeah. He could do this shit. So what's his motivation for doing all of this past uh, well, go home buddy it, I work alone at first it's you know like there's this there's this that's why I'm saying there's like these kind of two ideas that I can't reconcile one is I'm going to create this unbeatable I'm going to create a villain that only I can beat right. and then I will be super that's one thing sure yeah the uh, uh, that that even Mr. Incredible can't beat right and then right. I'll be the even right. better than you know, Mr. Incredible. On the other side, his goal is I'm going to make a situation where everyone can be a superhero. Right. And, yeah. and, and that, then no one will be. Yeah. And then that kind of makes me feel like is his motivation to make everyone be able to be a superhero or is his motivation? Cause there's a, there is a moment where he walks away very in a very villainous way yeah. and, and says, then no one will right. be. Right. So is his motivation to make everyone super or to eliminate the idea of superhero that altogether? Is the, that is the thing that trips people up with this movie. And I think it's fair. I, it, I, he wants homogeneity. And, and what does that so mean? And why is it picky? I mean, right. I, again, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think yeah, I guess it is. My I read mean, is that it's both of those things. Like it, it gets into, I feel like a lot of Brad Bird movies are, him uh, externalizing arguments that he has with himself. Sure. Right? But I also think that the, that those storylines lead yeah. me to feel like, oh, this this wants to be about a movie about what makes something someone super. Is it being a born superhero or is it making gadgets and stuff that allow you to, you know, behave the way a superhero? Mm-hmm. Like what truly makes someone super? But that's not what the movie's about either. No. 
No, I no, think it's but a it's movie. so easy to get right. into that because they're all born with their powers. Right. And the villain is someone who like worked hard. Right. Right. <laughs> but, it's but fucking there's, weird. Yeah, and there, yeah. there's, there's a whole thing of like, I make gadgets and stuff so everyone can be a superhero. Right. And that makes me think that the movie is trying to be about something that the movie's not about. Yeah. So I, I had a, a little bit of a hard time with, and, and I'm very um, obsessed with villains and what yeah. motivates villains. And so. Um, oh, so you must love Suicide Squad. He's got like 10 villains. <laughs> I actually made the wise <laughs> choice to not him. go see Suicide Bring Squad. Bring on the wise Suicide Squad. It's but, just. But so, that, so that's my sort of like nitpicky thematic issue with it that I hate having because I love mm-hmm. The Incredibles so much. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair. But I think, especially because he's a scorned, he was a scorned child, that buddy, yeah, buddy, yeah. that whatever his motivation is should stem from that, which it right, which it sort of supposedly does, yeah. But, it, yeah. but then it's like his goal, his mission doesn't quite sew together with the with the 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 origin story of why he started doing this. Well, it's, it's it, like a have and have nots thing where it's like. This seed of resentment is placed in him because right. he's told in in no uncertain terms, you will never be a superhero yeah. You're not because you were not this. born right. a superhero. Right. It doesn't matter how hard you work, how much you care. There is sort of just like a real grande line here that you can't It's kind of like a star thing. It's like you either got it or you don't, kid. And, right. You know, and you don't got it. So then what he wants to do is essentially just tear the entire thing down. Wipe out all the superheroes. Right. Like right. he wants to become but a superhero in, in a performative setup, way to prove that anyone with, can be a superhero so that no one will ever be a superhero again. Sure. I guess. Right, right, it, it's right. a little convoluted. And it also makes me feel like it should then be, you know, uh, you know, if Mr. Incredible's like, you sh- you'll never be a superhero, you know, superheroes are born, then to me, that invites a story of of Mr. Incredible learning his lesson and and Buddy's redemption as opposed to Buddy falls down into a lava pit or sure. whatever. Right. Whatever he ends up, yeah, however he ends up dying. No, he gets fucking shredded by a jet engine. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> there definitely, uh, there isn't a redemption arc for Buddy. He remains awful until the very last moment, yeah. which he dies like a, a loser and an idiot. And, True. Uh, and Mr. Incredible. Well, he opted for the cape. Yeah, I mean, he's Mr. also like a psychopath. He's like right. willing to murder children right. for reasons that are sort of only vaguely understandable. I, I also think he's a great villain. I love how he's playful a good villain. He's he very is. He's very well played. Right. Yeah, yeah. I love how, how joyful and playful and, and, yeah. and maniacal he is. He's a fan. He's like a fan he's of a, all this. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I mean, and yeah. this is maybe the the answer to your question, they, he was originally supposed to be the villain. There was supposed to be a cold open of the movie different than the one we have where he was the villain invading the family, trying to get revenge on Mr. Incredible while they were in like witness protection, anonymous hiding in the suburbs. And they had another villain who was more corporate. I guess there, there's an element where I feel like there's kind of two movies happening. Yeah. I also think it's a movie. It differs from, the other Pixar films, certainly up until this point, where like they had been very cohesive and straightforward on like, as you said, everything supporting one theme. Mm-hmm. Whereas this movie is sort of more of like an essay, yeah. exploring mm-hmm. questions from a lot of different angles. Yes. Like it doesn't have, it has complete thoughts in terms of character arcs. In terms of yeah. themes, it's kind of wrestling with a lot of things and not trying to really settle on any one yeah, thing. Or at the I'm end. wrong. 
you know, or I'm or I'm not. But also, it, no one's okay. ever been able to totally crack this movie in terms of what he's trying to say. Like, there's a reason people keep on coming back to it and going, like, "Are we supporting this weird Atlas Shruggy thing?" Which yeah. I don't think it's that clear cut, but it also is like you can never find any read of the movie that totally lines up. No. Right. The thing that the thing I that also, always yeah, sticks sorry. in my craw the most is the uh, running Spinach. at the end. Oh. The you running know. at the end? Yeah, Dash is winning the race. Oh, sure. But he doesn't. He comes in second. No, I think he wins. No, no they, they pull they, him back. They pull him back. I mean, back, I know so he, he pulls him back, but I thought it was like, because they're like, not too close. Not yeah, he, too, com- he comes in second. Where it's yeah. like, he shouldn't be allowed to run against those people. I always get so mad about it. Yeah. He's got super speed. And but the argument, but he doesn't win. That's the point. Is like he just comes that makes in no sense. The argument of the movie seems to be like, oh, but he's finally embracing his gifts. He's like, one, he's not right, and two, it's not fair. And I think the movie is like, well, that's life. You know what I mean? And like, that's where I always yeah. the one thing about the Incredibles that bugs me. Sure, I can't dismiss it. Whereas, like with Ratatouille and Tomorrowland, his other quote unquote like little slightly Randian movies, yeah. I'm more like, eh, that. I think he's moving away from that. I think he's challenging it. I think, sure. you know, like. This is the one where I'm like, what? What am I supposed to take away from him running I mean, in that to me, fucking race? It's just sort of like the, uh, you know, a bow on on um, Dash's story, mm-hmm. and where yes. and, and we can kind of be like, oh, that's the happy and the ending. Bow of that. on Violet's story is like so emotionally fulfilling, yeah. you know, the bow and everything. But with right. Dash, I'm like, what? He, he can't race. That's crazy. But I wonder. Well, Violet ends yeah. up dating my friend John Trowbridge at the end of the. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty one hundred does look like friend, friend, of, the, friend of the podcast, the podcast the and yeah. former oh, guest yeah. John Trowbridge. He looks like John Trowbridge. He does look like John Trowbridge. Uh, uh, hey, uh, yeah. that's also so awkward. That, that name guy. is, that is so good. Tony Ridinger. Friends, you're talking. No, no, about. I'm talking about the character. Yeah, I know. Trowbridge. You're talking about one of our best friends. <laughs> Another turtleneck, by the way, yeah, Ben. We were talking about well, and this is where I want to segue into something that I that if I may, yeah, that blows my goddamn mind about. The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. The last time I watched The Incredibles, and this might be just something we all have, you've talked about a million times, and I'm like, my my mind is blown. That The Incredibles, uh, I was I was watching, the last time I was watching The Incredibles, I was like, wait a minute. Does this take place in the 60s? <laughs> yeah. Have you read about this? Uh, no. What so, do you mean? So this, The Incredibles, like, takes place in, like, an undefined right kind of retro right. retroy place right but Munisaberg. right but beyond that so so the newsreel the newsreel with right. the suicide right, right, or whatever right, right. you it's think is like right, yeah. 40 you know that could any, be it's, anywhere from the 40s to the yeah. 50s even I, the early 60s I always took it the, as 50s maybe yeah. sure. late 40s the story right, yeah. takes place 15 years after that right. yeah so the latest this could happen is the 70s or whatever yeah the newspaper he's reading has the date 1962 on it. Interesting. All of their furniture is mid-century modern furniture. Yeah. Right. Every all of the like gadgets and stuff are very 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the vehicles are as well. Yeah, and like and, the whole look at the community. And that's yeah, and the, like the, the cop office. uniforms right, yeah. are like the two buttons. And you other know, than super villain technology, there's no right. right. And there was that super villain technology in the 60s right, exactly. superhero movies anyway. Right. But I, my brain exploded, and then I started reading about it. And there's, like, all of these, cr- like, tons and tons of articles about when this, The Incredibles Debating took Debating when it takes place, yeah. Because the, again, be, even just that newsreel, the timeline with the newsreel yeah. and knowing that this is 15 years later, like, 
it's it's the mid sixties. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Like what? And then yeah. I watched it again, and I, with, with through those eyes. Also, the island is very like Bond villain. Very well, and that's, very that's Doctor that's, No. And, yeah. and stylistically, it's yeah. like. Oh yeah, that makes like throwing mm-hmm. back to that imagery and that visual right. language. I totally understand, and that's very Pixar. But, but literally, but literally, right. it's in this. Like, it's right. not yeah. just like throwbacky genre stuff. It's like actually takes place. Yeah. Then and it's it's and that and then and there you have your turtlenecks. Yeah, which oh, also those turtlenecks. Yeah, it's but true. you know what I mean. Yeah, like the, the, Iron the car the 50s, that they're the car so, that they're Iron in the 50s. Yeah, yeah, the car that they're Red sitting in when they're the listening to the cop, the, the cop scanner. Yeah, like it's it's not it. It just I had a moment of like the world changed shape. Sure, but even when you're like, looking at like away. Bob's office where he has all the sort of like Mr. Incredible heyday memorabilia, mm-hmm. the like format of the Time Magazine cover. Oh yeah, it's, it's like, all it's, the right. early 60s. It's very much like um, the the Woody collection in Toy Story 2 mm-hmm. where they've like so studied what merchandise looked like from that mm-hmm. time period, what press looked like from that time period, all the sort of graphic design styles and everything. Well, and the quality of the, the, the film right. grain quality of the interview. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, and the, yeah, it, it's the newsreel that places it really. Yeah. That's because when 47 you, essentially. When you see all the men like walking in their hats, like that incredible yeah, right. shot. That's one of my favorite things in the movie. Right. Is that out of focus rack shot. Which they of say the, is one of the five most complicated shots. <laughs> I'm sure. So many like things. that I'm obsessed with pulling focus in animated movies. Yeah. I can't wrap my head around it. It blows my mind. And that shot, which is I can't even wrap my head around. Um, but because of the clothes that they're wearing yeah. and because of the way it was shot, it's just like that's when the movie takes place. It blows my mind so that, I- that The Incredibles, watch it again. Yeah. The movie takes place in the 60s or the 50s. Yeah. Like, I, it's no, like, it's like unclear. The, the 1962 is the perfect read um, to me. But I- then there are things that are outside of that live outside yeah, there, there yeah, are technologies sure. that are a little outside of that and um, stuff but it's very interesting let's nerd out about something for a second Please. this is something i i had not heard let's, before now let's nerd now out. let's nerd out if i can open this nerd box here um you, a big difference with like cgi versus hand-drawn animation is like there is essentially a simulated camera within the computer right so it's like you have your little set and you have your characters and all your props but then there's another part of the program that is this digital computer that is able to like pull focus and, and right. such. But also rather than just like drawing it from the angle that you want the shot to be at. Sure. You stage it in a sort of proscenium way and then you kind of find where you're going to place the camera and set up your shots and your coverage mm-hmm. within that animation. Right. Yep. Also, can't you do that after the fact too? Yes. Right. But that, that's the point. It's like you pretty much like you animate it straight. Yeah. To some degree, and then he'll go in like a director would after seeing a blocking rehearsal with like his camera team, where there's literally like the team that's like the digital camera team. Yeah. And he's like, could we shoot it on this kind of lens? And the right. computer pre- pretends that that lens is on it, whatever. It's, that's insane. All this crazy stuff. But so a big thing they did with this movie, because this movie has like a thousand different sets. Yeah. And most of the Pixar films have been pretty contained up until this point. They have a couple central environments. Right, right. And they'll reuse a lot of the same, like Monsters Inc. has takes place a lot within, within a building. that office building, yeah, yeah. you know? And then there's, like, his apartment. Right, right. And Toy Story takes place in essentially, like, four rooms. You know, right. Bugs Life all takes place in, like, the, yeah. the backyard. Um, 
they had so many sets for this and each of those sets, you have to take the time to design it and also construct it in the computer and construct every object, you know? Right. Like if Which there's is a coffee mug. Sequels. Right, you have to render the coffee mug. It, they save a lot of time if they make a sequel and money. Um, well, they have rigs. You know about rigs? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, baby, do I know about rigs? <laughs> so the thing that blew my mind was... Tim Riggins? Do you know about Tim Riggins? <laughs> of course. <laughs> do I know about Tim Riggins? <laughs> yeah. Uh, King of the Riggers? Um, Easy. A thing they did... <laughs> A thing they did in this movie that is incredible, no pun intended, yeah. is in order to save money, they partially built digital sets and then placed the camera in places where you couldn't see that the rest of the set hadn't been built like it was a live action movie. So they movie. actually did it like a live action movie. Right, right. right so right. like if a Syndrome's lair is like this big or that one transitional room with like the volcano mm-hmm. door yeah. is this big and it would take that much time and energy to right. do the whole thing, they're like, can we shoot it from this angle mm-hmm. so you never have to see this corner mm-hmm. of like Edna Mode's house? Yeah. Um, which which is insane and ingenious. It's amazing. Right. I mean, they do, and it this movie is has needs to have that globe trotting bond feel. Right. Has the yeah. score, right. has, you know, like in like in the Edna Mode care, right? Like, so you gotta I guess you gotta do that. And because people are more discerning with human characters in like the whole kind of uncanny valley way, like a bug's life, they had like four ant templates and they essentially kept on copy pasting them mm-hmm. for all the like crowd scenes. For this, they had to develop a whole new technology to be able to like mass produce variations on a couple human types so that they could have like in that scene of all the businessmen walking, like 40 characters that look somewhat distinct, but you don't have to spend time designing each one separately. There are all these cheats they came up with, which are like very bootstrappy live action type things Mm -hmm. uh, in order to like pinch pennies because he kept on being like, no, I need the shot of the finger going through the hole on the costume, which they were like, that will take us nine months to do. (laughs) Yeah. With the fabric. Yeah. Should Have we, you ever seen those um the um those like hair algorithm tests for mo- for monsters thing? Yeah, it's unreal. It's insane. Where that, like Sully yeah. will be jumping over, Sully will like jump over a barrel, and his hair will be left behind him, and he's like, It'll, like turn into a kush yeah, ball, just right? To, if he touches the wrong object, yeah, exactly. right? Um. Okay, so we get we get to yeah. Let's talk about right. the movie. <laughs> uh, aborted suicide. I, we have been talking. No, no, no. About no. The it's movie. just you don't understand how long this fucking podcast goes. Well, we don't have to do the equivalent amount of time to what we've set out the pace we've set out right now. Well, yeah. but that's always the problem. We spent an hour and twenty minutes on five We're talking minutes. Talking themes. Yeah, baby. I know, I know. I but mean, then the thing is, you then also, want to talk about ten more to things. Go through the it's plot, also like, partially my fault because I'm like, here's what I want to talk about. So we, you can we, just when I leave, you can blame me. Yeah, but we always We're end up complete. doing that. We could do a yeah. dash. Like, this is what I'm saying. Hey, let's do a dash run through the plot. Yeah, but the problem is there are. I swear to God, 50 things in this movie you want to talk about for five minutes, right? I guess it's a six-parter. I don't know. This is what I'm saying. It's like you could say we could rush through it, but we always end up like, oh, well, actually, that that is interesting, though, you know? I'm counting at least five minutes of talking about how long it's taking. (laughs) This is what the fans demand, people. Can we talk about my favorite character? Yes. Violet? Yeah. Yeah. All of our favorite character? Uh I don't know. Elastigirl's pretty good. I have to wait on that for a sec. I think. (laughs) I just haven't decided. Sure, sure. The thing they do so well with Violet. Very unusual character for a movie like this. Right. Right. Would you, would you say, right? Right. You know, not, not, not something Disney has done a lot of. Uh, no, but it also, it feels like they're not. Highly introverted character. Yes. And then they, and then they also did it a little bit in Inside Out. Yes. Yes. Years later. A teenager. Convincing teenage girl. Right. Um, I and mean, they made the whole movie about that, about building that. Character. But but there's something so specific 
to her level of self-consciousness and when it's cut with like anger like there, yeah. there's the scene when she starts freaking out at Dash making fun of her for Tony Reidenshire at the dinner table where she gets like a little bit too angry like her emotions just get a yeah. little out of whack and there's one shot where she looks maniacal Don't talk to me a little insect right right like she looks like evil or, yeah right right right, right. Um, well she's got the one eye too right which with, is a little hair, like yeah, yeah a little demonic right and it's also just like talk about like writing to theme the beauty of like this girl who doesn't want to be seen can literally turn invisible and yeah. still feel self-conscious yeah. you know yeah. like she can hide out from the entire world and still she feels uncomfortable yeah she also pulls a weird move of just dissolving her head. So she's a headless body. That's not her choice. On. It's established later oh, right, on. Because she can't change the clothes. Her clothes course. don't right, change right, until right, Edna right. designs the special suit. Right. But that's like, God, what fucking good know, economic genius. storytelling to like beautiful like 60s upbeat like Giacchino, Q, Tony Reidinger. wants to disappear. John Trowbridge. Did you say it's his first score, right? For it's a his film. This is his first film Giacchino. score. He had done Lost and he had done video games. I mean, Lost is coming out this year. Right. So like, even Lost, he's, he's yeah. new. I don't maybe, even know how he worked on Alias, it. maybe? He must have like maybe? been Such on someone's score. radar. Yeah. Such a great score. Um, but he just like kills this thing. He they, does. They said uh, this was the first time that they allowed someone to use a different musical cue over the Disney Pixar logos. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. It had always been the classical, like, when you wish upon a star. Yeah, yeah. And Bradbird was like, I need, like, a... Right. Yeah. But the, but the opening cue is, like, very kind of somber and, like, mm-hmm. uh, sort of... Um, what's the word I'm looking I guess, for? I don't... I know the word you're looking for, but I don't know. I know what you're talking it's, about. It's ominous, I guess. Like, and the short before now this... they do it all the time. I right. Just, uh, what did I just see? Oh, Coco. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you folks remember, but the short before this was Bounden. Yeah. Which Bounden. was like the folk oh, tale of the animals. My wife like, loves strange match. Bounden. Humble it's a cute brag. one. Yeah. Humble brag he, that I married? Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's your humble and brag. And she loves wife, Bounden. She lo- Bounden is the inside of my wife's brain. Like if you crack her, her open, inside out is just bounded yeah, for two it hours. It is. It's it's if you had to ask me to explain my wife, I'd be like, watch Bounden. Yeah. Wrap skin around it. <laughs> The the <laughs> and then everyone would be like, the, so Bounden, the, director, right. the director Bounden who ben just passed Jesse. at the time that we're recording this humble brag. Uh, <laughs> ben knows your wife. Ben knows uh, my wife. Okay. Humble brag. Yeah. Um, the director Bounden who just passed away, but was also the narrator in Bounden, plays Rick Decker in this. And they wait, wait who's Rick Decker? Rick right? Decker is the, oh, he's like, the nice uh, witness the, the relocation. Man, like, right. come on, Bob, I can't. Yeah. Do and in this the sequel, again. he's Incredible. gonna be played by Jonathan Banks because I guess Bud Lucky's health was declining right um but they brad bird said that he pitched to disney when they realized they were going to put the short before the movie that the intro to bound him was rick decker sitting at a desk and pointing himself a glass of whiskey me like can i tell you a story because <laughs> <laughs> then he's like 40 minutes later when he shows up in right. the incredibles you're like well this guy's got an act of imagination he, he yeah. really pitched that that's a crazy pitch. <laughs> he actually pitched that. he was like really yeah funny. i guess i get why they didn't want to go yeah, i could see disney being like that sounds very confusing <laughs> for a small yeah. child so the, the jackalope he's he's a part of this somehow like is he another superhero yeah. i always I'm, I'm always like very and I, I always am very like uh studious about how you know the short but before a pixar movie mm-hmm. is usually like we're working out the kinks of yeah, some kind of technology yeah, for right, the next right. pixar movie. right right so like uh what was it um 
uh, uh, bird on a wire. Or, or the birds. Or the birds. Yeah. Yeah. That it's like, okay, we're looking at feathers and then Monsters Inc. came right. out or whatever. Or like Light Source or Fur or whatever. So when Boundin came out, I was like, what the hell is the next Pixar <laughs> movie going to be? <laughs> antlers. We got to figure out we gotta, antlers. We got to figure out our antlers <laughs> and our jumping. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I really... I know that Boundin is an outlier, but I really love it. Boundin's really it's fun. so crazy. Yeah. Did you have some point and to make silly. about Boundin apart from the? No, just I wanted yeah, right, that yeah. crazy notion that's to weird. make it Rick Decker's yeah, daydream. It, it it lost the Academy Award. Huh, Two. Uh, Harvey Crumpet. Oh, Harvey Crumpet's really good. Huh? I remember that. It's yeah. uh, like Polish or it's, something. It's right? it's like, the guy who did Mary and Max that uh yeah claymation yes, movie yes. about Aspergers. Um. Um. Yeah, which was sort of a Pixar-sized hit, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It so, was the Incredibles yeah. of Asperger's sh- right. and shorts. We, right. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman plays a morbidly obese, orthodox Aspergian man who's afraid to leave his home. Um, so Made 300 finally. million domestic. So we did, the, we did the front of this movie. I love the office stuff in this movie. I love that his Amazing. cubicle has a giant pillar in it. That That's, always makes me I laugh know. every it's time. Like, it's yeah. like the boiler sticking yes. into it's, his... The support so beam is, in, is his thing. I just love the visual of him. It's one of, yeah. I think it's like, one of the, the best shirt. hard cuts of all time yeah. is yeah. like them... It's uh, all white. Right, know? right. But them kissing at the wedding to then hard cut like... It's great. And her being like, you're going to need to be a, you know... And he said it in a loss of color. It's also a huge loss of color. Which is part of this movie weird homogeny take but yes yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but but he also said everyone like it needs to be like a cog mm-hmm. you know like yeah. that's you know, all the pieces is, fit together mm-hmm. that's that why I watched yes I watched that the last time I watched The Incredibles I watched that scene like 16 times yeah. I'm obsessed with it uh, the character design of that character of yeah. Wallace oh Shawn's character is so funny. Yeah. His, he's like his height, three quarters jaw. Right? I know. Like, and he's, yeah. while he's walking across the desk, yeah. his head is just bobbing yeah. along like three inches above. He's got the- very short arms. Unbelievable. Is that, you know, cause there's, if they're so afraid of a movie about humans, yeah. right? Like, isn't part of the fun. It's like, no, don't worry. Every human's going to have this. Right. Anymore. Right. Exactly. Right. Like crazy oh, design 100%. to it. Totally. Because it's a world where literally the variation height can be between like, one foot five and seven foot fifteen. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right. Seven foot fifteen. Yeah. Uh, classic height. Yeah. Um, um. But but he said that like the cooperative cogs in the in terms of the just like the way his hands so I know yeah. little, stubby like, little, little yeah yeah, yeah they're like finger uh, yeah um he uh he animated the office mm. and then on the camera digitally zoomed in. Okay. Like, did a digital zoom lens rather than putting the camera closer. Oh, weird. So that it looks even more flattened out. Mm-hmm. Weird. Like, he used all these insane techniques uh, yeah. that you don't need to do and cost a lot more money. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I, I want to really solve this stuff. And I love that he has OCD. That oh, character yeah. Yeah. is, like, With all lining the, the pencils up, oh, yes. up on the calendar. But even I remember, like, seeing this in theaters and the— Bob looking at the window and seeing the guy be like brutally beaten mm-hmm. yeah. felt like very heavy for yeah. like a PG Disney film. Well, also, the, the, yeah, there's this insurance agent who's like, insurance is a scam and the right. stockholders are who matter. Yeah, I like, hope we don't represent him. It's a yeah. lot yeah. to yeah. leave with. <laughs> right. So he, 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 it's very he, grown up. He, very puts, grown he puts the guy in traction. Also, that yeah. shot of him letting go of the of doorknob yeah. and it's yeah, and just it's all crumpled. crumpled up. Yeah. It's very yeah. It's grown up. This yeah. these are grown up issues. 
Yes. He feels yes. inadequate. And, <laughs> like, I, and I think know? it actually it's started like yeah. it started a run of Pixar movies that were very much not kids you've got movies. Up, yeah. Not long well, after right, that's Ratatouille. Whole, that's Ratatouille. Not I cannot get into Up. Uh, let's, we let's, have the same takes on Up. Let's not get into Up. Good I, first act. Right. I think we actually, it sounds like we all agree on Up. Yeah. Then. yeah. 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 Uh, down. More like down. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Becky, do you want us to cut that out? Because you know this is going out publicly, right? If that's oh, too no. hot, we can I don't cut care. that out. Becky is you can, coming you for you. You can know that I think Up is a giant bag of dicks. I'm fine with it. <laughs> to me, you it's can't, more like... You can't blind me with pretty and make me forget that there's no story going, but going I, on. It does sound no like story. you love the other Doctor movies, though. You love Monsters, Inc. and I, uh, Inside I Out. I love P-Doctor. Yeah. I love Inside yeah. Out. I love Monsters, Inc. The yeah. guy knows how to design the internal workings of an idea more than better than anyone else. Right. It feels like they just didn't do the work like on the story. They were just like, this is cute enough. Right? I, I have a friend who gets did- very pissed off that the... Um, oh, what, oh, I'll, I'll remember it. It's something to do with like the rule bending of like the dogs need collars to talk, right? But like other things don't. They can fly planes. Uh, oh right, like, yes, the dogs fly. Planes. <laughs> I haven't seen it, it in a it while. It seems just yeah. like a crazy. Well, again, we're not talking about up. We're not here to talk I about. Also, up. I heard, but I have feelings about it. I heard we'll the doctor that. say that like the the Christopher Plummer character, the bad guy. The idea, the reason why Kevin the bird was the MacGuffin was because his eggs were, gave you immortality. And okay. he was like, and then we realized early on we didn't need that. And it's like, no, you kind of needed something like that. Yeah, I mean, and I will say I liked the end of it. I liked the end of Up. The beginning of Up, I think, was the greatest manipulation of the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, Even insane. though it works. Insane. Yeah, I mean, insane. I'm happy to be manipulated sometimes. It works, but it's— yeah. But yeah. earn yes. my tears. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I agree. When I'm crying in Toy Story 3. Yeah. And 2. <laughs> and 1. And 1. I mean— those tears are earned. I care. I Genesis care game. about these characters. Yeah, I've lived and grown up with these characters. I'm invested in what happens to these characters. Right. I get that, as opposed to just like when you wish upon a star and then well, abortion I, I, or, or whatever a miscarriage. <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, miscarriage. Yeah. Right, hysterectomy. I also uh, crazy. I think. I think it, Toy Story Three is really manipulative too, though. That's my. I, that's my. But I, but at that. that point, I have an investment in those yeah. characters. Right, I care you were what easier to that. We're easier to manipulate. Reach for the sky. A decade plus. Um. Anyway, Incredibles. We have to do not make a point about a different movie. Are you about to? I'm going to make my one P. Oh God! Point. Have we P- talked about Last Jedi yet? No, we'll talk about <laughs> that. Uh, when um, sort of. I'm sort when of when people like put up there with the best Pixar movies, it reminds me of that. It makes me crazy and yeah. want to kill everybody. It reminds me of the scene in Freaks and Geeks where they're arguing over the best Bill Murray movie, and someone suggests Stripes, and he just goes, "No one can tell me what happens in the third act of Stripes." <laughs> you bring this up all the time. You mentioned this on like best. four podcasts. It's the fucking okay. best. But when everyone talks about Up, they remember the ending and the first right. thirty minutes, and that's it. I, I can't that's stand true. It. Okay, Up's not. That and great. also, no one can tell you what happens in the third act of Stripes. Guess We're talking movie? about Up in the context of. The Incredibles. Guess what? Movie and now is let me good. talk about Stripe Story problems. The Incredibles. <laughs> you know, both in Stripes and in The Incredibles, there's a Winnebago. That is so true. That is true. We can't ignore that. This is one of those movies where, like, there is not What's... a single detail that doesn't somehow pay off later. Like they set all the pieces out in the board so Are you well. About Incredibles. Incredibles. Okay. Not not Stripes. Stripes leaves a lot of stuff on the table. <laughs> But Incredibles, like, there there are so many things where, like, that's such a good example uh, of, okay, so how do they get back to the city 
from like Syndrome's island. Mm-hmm. Well, we've established the visual language of like what his rocket looks like, how it has the space for the Omni drone. Mm-hmm. We can have them exploit that with her. I agree. Right. I, the only thing, the only exception to that, again, I think is, I, I think almost every promise is kept in the Incredibles. Yeah. Everything that's set up is paid off. Everything that's paid off is set up, except for this villain motivation thing. And I think sure. because yeah. I'm yeah. so uh, sensitive yeah. about, I get that. I get yeah. that because I'm. I mean, it's I look there. for that so strongly. Yeah. Like bad guys who are just like I'm a bad guy. I'm like I don't care. I need to know why I, you're a bad guy. So that's the only thing to me that that didn't feel tied together. I do love that they pretty much keep him out of the first hour of the movie. Like the first hour is a lot of like you know setting up the golden days, setting up the homogeneity of like the, the present his day, present day, the family, how the dynamic is. Well, right. to me, that's, that's the other thing too is that the the villain in this movie to me is the is a fear of aging. Of course, it's a fear that's of, the of main, losing your yes. spirit, fear of irrelevancy. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. fear yeah. of invisibility, a fear of, of of losing the thing that makes right. makes you you. Right. And yes. that's a much more interesting yes. villain. So I kind of wish that Syndrome supported that. As well, he shirt. does in a way because he wants to take away what makes you you. I guess. You, so. you know, then that that's how Syndrome works. Like right. he wants to rob you of, you know, your what's special about you. Right. It's just, I think, also he's Buddy and they've planted that seed there. And maybe maybe that doesn't and, resonate and right for people. you already have yeah. the weird, like, 30-second exchange about participation trophies. Well, that's, right. That's And, like, that's obviously, maybe it's a Brad Bird thing. It's yeah. a classic 60s dad thing where it's like, ah, oh, they don't let kids, like, compete anymore. You graduating know? from 8th grade to ninth grade. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, the most <laughs> hacky, like, yeah. dad complaint there is, right? right? Like, what am I doing attending a kindergarten graduation ceremony, right? Like... But it's like I almost I, and it's I, Craig T. Nelson. I, I mean, he's yes. a he's a dad and he's a coach. Yep. Uh, I don't know if this is an overly simplistic. He's a coach. He's a coach. And he's a coach. He's he a coach. Uh, I don't know if this is an overly simplistic read, but I feel like the main thing Brad Bird is trying to argue for with this movie is like standards. Uh sure. Right. You know, like he's like, we should have a world in which standards exist. And Again, like, that sounds like a it does dad. sound like yeah, it sounds like a dad. <laughs> standards, but the movie. I mean, yeah. standards are slipping. The, the the thing I love most about, I mean, I, I don't even know if that's true, but one yeah. of the things I love so much about this movie is that it is about you know growing up at yes. every stage, yeah, and the things you're able to do when you. You know, like there's this feeling of loss that I'm growing up, mm-hmm. and then there's also mm-hmm. yeah, but then there's all these superpowers you get when you grow up, and realizing and, how much better they are now than they were in their glory days because of right. how much more experienced, intelligent, and right. and in this movie, after he gets fired, when he starts doing these superhero missions again, yeah, and just fighting a weird ball droid, but whatever. Uh, but also he's like killing it and they have this no, jazzy like and he's flirting montage. with Elizabeth uh, Pena so good in this great in this movie mm-hmm. I mean, so Mirage. but yeah. like then we see he's reinvigorated and he's uh, you know more sexually virile and well, he's and also dressing well on showing him like oh, pulling him back into yeah. the bedroom well that whole that whole montage is amazing yeah. Yeah. With that life's incredible out. again it's yeah. the greatest music fucking right. cue of all time yeah, yeah. yeah. and then uh, like what you were saying about before about these very adult themes that there's this sniff of an affair right a little bit. Which is right. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, she finds Mirage's hair on his coat. She does. I mean, it's the classic. I mean, and in in doing so, she discovers yeah. that right. her husband has become a secret agent superhero fighting a ball droid. But like, it's it's yeah. the same iconography, but right? The, the reason, but but the the it's also the same motivation of I want to feel young again. Right. I want to feel alive again. I and mean, that's why people 
have affairs and or become superheroes. <laughs> right, right. There, there is a, a moment that I like viewed in a new way this time, which is when he gets the first message from Mirage and yeah. it slips out of like the Manila envelope. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was like, oh my god, it's a flat video screen. Right, right. The and little now iPad. Any kid watching would be like, yeah, she sent an iPad with this expensive right, gift, right. but like it doesn't but, feel like. And then I would come in and be like, it was the sixties. <laughs> right, right. It's high tech. Like you yeah. have to explain two, like two prongs. A, it came out in two thousand four. Right. B, it said forty years before that. <laughs> yeah. I do love the like business like card printing out. What that? Clip? My headphones are dead, so I don't know if I'm blowing up. They're anymore. dead. Yeah, they're not working at all. It went from like one ear. No, it's plugged in. Well, it, it was, was like, like a, in both ears like and then lint- one ear and then now It was like a nothing. lenticular image. Right, oh, wait, that no, I the love. card was yes. the lenticular. Yeah, no, yeah. both. No, both. Both. Yeah. The screen is lenticular how and the you, card is lenticular. That's insane, too. Like, they how said do that you, was another one of those shots that took like eight months. Two guys just worked on that. Yeah, like how do you shoot in CGI? Am I blowing up? Ben looks unhappy. Okay. How do you in CGI make some a lenticular image? Uh, With difficulty? I don't know. It's crazy. I can't answer those questions. Um. So so he Griffin's gets new headphones, caught up in this all. thing. He's living so he the can life. stop screaming he's, and blowing everyone's ears up. Uh, he's right. He starts doing the um, Omni Droid mission. They're fun. So fun. There's also yeah. that scene where he and Frozone do the police scanner in the front. You know, which, which is I, okay. I love. No, I love that scene because no, no, I love that scene. I mean, for one, he's wearing a great purple. I mean, great powder blue turtleneck. So that's a great part of it. One of the great turtleneck movies in American it's a fantastic history. Fantastic turtleneck. But also, I love like Frozone being like, "Come on, man, let's just like move on." What's, and what do you just think Frozone's doing? When? Like, like, what's his job now? You know, he's got a good apartment. He's he got seems a fabulous nice apartment. To have reacclimated yeah. to this is this is black saying. man in 1962, <laughs> he has a hell of an apartment in Municiburg. <laughs> and the rents are high yeah. in Municiburg. I mean, he's got like a high rise. This a was lot not of light, a great period for black guys who are not superheroes. It also, I pointed this out, like when I was watching it. Uh, the there's two like this character's designed to look like Samuel Jackson, just like the comic book yeah. Ultimate Nick Fury was designed to look like Sam. Like, how many actors are that? Where it's like, let's just make him look like Samuel Jackson. Everyone's gonna get it. Yeah, I mean, Frozen doesn't look that much like Samuel Jackson. He looks like uh, Sammy, Sammy Jackson wishes Sam Jackson. He looks like Samuel Jackson. You guys also, are crazy. You He's know what's goatee. crazy is Gazer Beam looks exactly like Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Pull up an image of Gazer Beam. I was like, Colbert? It's so Which, weird. By the way, one of the great was it, superhero yeah, names. Yeah, Gazer Beam. Because they had to come up with so many. Um, he does look like so Stephen quickly. Colbert. So many. Right. Like Because they, yeah. they go through that slideshow of yeah. all the names. And some of them are fine. I think the, Gazer Beam is Thunderhead's good. The one I love is Atomic Jack. And that's good. Not because of the There's, name. There he is. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. He looks just Isn't like Stephen Colbert. Crazy? Atomic Jack has this like swoop of blonde hair, and he yeah. just looks a little disgruntled. Um, you don't, you guys don't like Gazer Beam? I know he's supposed to be like, he's supposed he's to be like Cyclops. Well, I don't know. He didn't do a great job against that Omni Droid. Okay, no one did. Well, nobody pff, did. Mr. Incredible did. Yeah, but the whole point is they escalated until it can finally be you. Mr. Incredible is better at hiding. A, here's another mm. question. Mr. Incredible. So that's when he goes down and he sees Gazer Beam and sees the Kronos yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And that little scanner comes in and scans the room. He hides behind bones. He hides behind bones. <laughs> I know. Bad scan. That, that the, terrible scanner. The scanner really let Syndrome down. There's no question. He I think hides, about it all the time. He hid behind bones. Yeah. Although I love, not... the, love that scanner because I like the little chirpy noise it makes. No. Yeah. Great, great we, all love the we love the scanner. We all love the scanner. I assume effective. Incredibles 2 is like 50% about the scanner, right? I think yeah. yes. I believe so. <laughs> I just, I, I, that has always bothered me where I'm like, 
you would have picked up the. Yes. Like the scanner is not a vaudevillian keystone cop. It'd be like, well, I guess he's not here. <laughs> right. He's hiding behind that lamppost. The scanner wasn't drunk that day. <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, right, because he's, Mr. Incredible's very large. Big guy. And and Gazer Beam is all bones. Yeah. What, what are you pointing at Ben for? And what do you think about uh, Mr. Incredible's <laughs> physical size? It's <laughs> a great question. Um, is it? Well, here's my thing, Becky. I like stuff big. Uh huh. And you it's, cannot lie. I, I, I like big stuff, and I cannot <laughs> lie. That's so stupid. Ben gets angry when things are small in movies, and gets excited when things are big in Can movies. Can I have Especially. an example of something that's small in a movie that bothers you? He doesn't Ewoks. Like, he hates Yoda. What? Yeah. I also love. I don't like. That I love lesson. that I, you look like a monitor with arms because I can't <laughs> see your head at all. You look like a TV. <laughs> Like a like a Pee-wee's Playhouse TV monitor with arms. Magic screen. Yeah. I love that. I don't like the Ewoks because I feel like the lesson they're trying to be like is, look, don't underestimate the small thing. I don't like that. Right. He loves Chewbacca. You, I like you big want stuff. to overestimate the big thing. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> I want you to see a big thing and be like, that thing's big. I'm scared. Okay, so to, but Mr. Incredible. What about compies? Big? What are compies? The little they're dinosaurs. little dinosaurs that are scary as the little they're in the lost world they eat Camilla Bell but, uh, see here's a another thing of, Becky a lot of little things are just as scary as I one like, big thing there's an I Ellen like, joke about that yeah no I like a lot of things a multitude right, of big. things cause yeah. like you'll remember in the second matrix there's the key man he's got a lot of keys he's got a ton matrix, of ben. keys it's so good <laughs> Like, how did he get all those keys? Anyways. So you like a lot of little things or a big thing. He right. likes size. And also it has to be wet. Be it quantity oh, or... Yeah, yeah right. that's true too. I like you know stuff You there are wet. a lot of Ewoks, right? It's a wet movie. If, if they were in the rain, he would be happy. He likes a good <laughs> or slick on a key flick. Ring. Never rains. On a key ring. Never. If you had a bunch of e- wet Ewoks on a key ring, you'd be happy. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> bunch of wet Ewoks When's your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> it's June 24th. So, okay, so I have some time. Uh, it's been a month from uh, this episode dropping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right. Okay, so make this you, look, I would honestly love that you, an encased little Ewok on so wait, a keychain in water. Do you think he's big or is he's he be bigger? He's right, okay. a good size. So, what's your favorite big thing in a movie? Oh, are you a shit. Pacific Rim guy? Yes. There's a new one coming out. There I'm excited for it. For it. I love Pacific Rim because to me, the whole movie is just about bigness. Well, Ben's got. I, am I misspeaking here by saying your favorite movie character in recent history? Well, we say the character Wreck It Ralph. Oh yeah. Oh, he's big. Oh, oh he yeah. Big. He's quite big. He's ben, big. Ben watched Wreck It Ralph. Not only is at he big. A.M. Four Texas. months ago, and now can't stop. Are you excited about Rampage? There's uh, gonna be a lot of big. And Dwayne Johnson fights big animals. Well, fights with the arcade animals. game sort yeah. of. Yeah, oh, it's, no. it's the movie version of Rampage, the video game. Holy shit! Big gorilla, big wolf, big alligator. Cr- well, oh my also, God. wait, They're wait. What about the Omnidroid? Wait, Ben, did you rewatch The Incredibles for this? Yeah, yeah. So you know, the Omnidroid, right? Starts out big, only gets bigger. Right, that's good, right? I mean, that just makes sense. That makes it a better <laughs> fighting <laughs> right. device. Just, yeah, you're yeah. Gonna, <laughs> gonna make it I love, smaller. I love it would be big good if, and small as like a preference. Quality. Just like big, Ben, and dry and wet. Because like, there's a movie with. Rain, he loves it. Well, because you could make a movie dry, sure. But so Cloverfield, yeah, the original you love, huge, oh, big, yeah, absolutely, yeah, very big, and I think raining at some point. I sure. need to make it clear: this is like not a bit at all. Oh no, yeah, no I believe no, this yeah. is it's a thing. any film in which something is large and wet, and especially if there are multiples of it, then yeah. immediate. So you're like up. a whale guy, yeah, a whale guy <laughs> for sure. Ben hates Free Willy once he starts trying to escape. 
So there's this big shift like an hour a in. A big shift. <laughs> big a shift big an shift. hour in after. Not a lot of little shifts. incredible no. again. No. Uh, right. Syndrome reveals himself. Yep. He's been systematically killing off, locating and killing off all the superheroes, using them as right. testing grounds for. There's there's the great gazer beam fuck up, like in which, we, as we discussed, the yeah. little probe doesn't see him. Right. I mean, it's fine. I'm willing to let that go. No, I think it's good. I mean, it's yeah. it's it. Nothing has to be perfect in this. No, country. no, I mean, and right, it, yeah. I, it's not. But I, I, am I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be like, okay, that scanner for whatever reason can't. Yeah, because yeah. six syndrome's like past bones. Syndrome's ninety percent. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know his rocket no, his boots stuff, aren't yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. No, his, no, no. His stuff he, doesn't work very well. The cape was a bad choice. Yeah, cape's a bad choice. Yeah. Well, so that's the other thing that's going. On. So we've been introduced to Edna at this point uh, because briefly, the suit gets ripped. to repair the, the hobo suit. Right, and the hobo, hobo suit. suit. Yeah, and she demands uh, that she redo the entire thing. Played by Brad Bird. Amazing. Uh, he he won racist the racist question mark. You okay. know. Okay, so this is my question. Great I don't, question. I don't think right? so. I don't but think so either. Now it's like you're like, wait, is Edna Mode supposed to be Asian? But she's not. I don't she's, think so. Well, I think she's, she's Edith European. Head, isn't she? She's, I think she's Edith Head. Commentary track. Uh oh. He directly says she's supposed to be half German, half Japanese. Perfect. I always thought she then was entirely perfect. European. I always took her as German. Exactly. Right. Yeah. She's supposed to be half and half. And There's I think the, it, this was because Brad Bird, and I, I may very be, much yeah. be wrong, it's that it's a character he did anyway. No. Well, wasn't it, was, it a thing where it was like no one was getting what he wanted and he yeah, was like, I'll okay. just do it? Because they do their scratch tracks where like the Pixar animators voice all the characters right, right, for the right, story right. reels. And he said he played like seven of the characters. Like Got he it. played sure. Mr. Incredible. He played Dash. He played like all the male characters and all those story reels. And they found other actors, and he had such a specific idea of what this accent would sound like. Yeah. And no one else could do it. I also don't think it's racist because it's either. so crazily it's, but muddled. It's, but, right. but there are moments it's where like I'm like, little does everyone the else think they wanted, I, That's my fear always. Oh, the, Lily Tomlin. They, that Brad Bird was like, here's what I wanted to sound yeah. like. Uh-huh. Did it for Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin was like, I think you got it. Like, I don't think oh, you need great. me for yeah. this. Good for Lily right. Tomlin. Uh, Which or, is weird because right, Lily Tom could have been like, "Great, write a check. I'll I'll do whatever yeah. that was." Or yeah. she was like, "I don't know what you're saying." <laughs> right. uh, Lily she, Tomlin would have been great. Would have yeah. been great. But Edna knows. Um, Edna so rules. Great. She's great. She makes suits. Uh, uh, she has a fabulous darling. apartment, darling. Uh, she has a big automated gun. Unsurprisingly, one of Romley's favorite. That is literally my favorite time. part of the yeah, movie. I don't know why. That's a Edna, real Becky joke. Edna. It's mode. the timing. I mean, the thing the about the timing of the gun folding out. The thing about Brad Bird that I love the most is that his time. Timing is impeccable, and yeah. the 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 comic timing, and I, and I'm also always amazed at how you animate timing. Yes. It's, it's insane to me. The timing in The Incredibles, the comedic timing in The Incredibles, is like textbook. I've shown it as exa- like when I teach, as just like this is timing. Uh, but I think that that gun moment, for some reason, is just like it just tickles all of my parts, and also the fact that. Uh, and she, guest. She's so unfazed by it. She knows what's happening behind her. She's not acknowledging it and she's taking her time with the correction. And it's almost that she's annoyed that she installed it. Yeah. She's like, Ugh, and guest, like, this thing is right. so annoying. Right. Um, but so once uh, Helen starts to become suspicious that Bob is having an affair. Sure. Um, notices the rip in the suit, calls up Edna, goes to visit her, and Edna reveals that she's made all these costumes for the whole family. And Edna plays into this affair thing a little bit too, because she's oh, yeah. like, "Do you want to know where he is?" Yeah, right. like she. I think she just loves drama, I, she, right? Yeah, she maybe. she just loves it. And I love this notion that like she hates uh, supermodels. 
She's so bored by that mm-hmm. world, by the fashion yeah. world. Like she loves fashion, but she only wants to apply it to these yeah. people I who used are to gods. Design for God. Right. Yeah. Uh, I love that justification. Yeah. yeah. I also, think it's so I love that fun. she walks on her kitchen counter. <laughs> she yeah. does. And she has like a little incinerator on her yeah. kitchen that she tosses files <laughs> she's, into. She's tiny, but she still lives in a normal sized house. Right. Like yeah. she designed and with She has like, to hop on the counter. We right. should talk about the fact that this movie is very similar in plot to Watchmen. Yes. Uh, it is both about a like superhero act being passed that right. bans supers, and it's also about someone killing off all the yeah. former supers. And she's like right at the middle of that, where she's like, You should be gods. Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like that's what you are. Anyway, let let the exceptional people be exceptional. Mm-hmm. Who watches The Incredibles? Uh, we did yes. in preparation for this. Podcast. Correct. Um, but but so there's like this beautiful. Uh, he he does this a lot, but in this sequence when he's cross cutting in between Helen and Edna talking, becoming mm. suspicious, and Bob has snuck into the computer lab now where he finds the whole program with all the files. Yeah. Sees Cerebro. the rundown. Gazer yes, he goes in yeah, the Cerebro. Cerebro. Right. Right. And you're cross cutting Password Kronos. Password Kronos. Mm-hmm. Uh, cross cutting between the two seemingly unrelated, you know, things. And then when Edna hands him, hands, uh, hands her hands the tracking device, yeah, yeah, yeah. it activates. Which is very from the 60s. Right. Yep. Activates the thing, sets off the alarm. And then we have the goo balls, which goo is balls such a great. great Pixar technology oh, thing. Oh my God. Love those I am goo obsessed. Balls. Yes. yes. I am obsessed with that weapon. And I also love you see it and you're like, I oh, know exactly what these things smell God. like. I know what texture they that have. Like <laughs> vis- visually one of the most incredible things in the movie and period in general. And also ever. like, what's the one Very way clever. you stop this How guy? do you fail Mr. Incredible? Right. right. You it's, basically just put him in I'm putty. I am obsessed with, yeah. those, so good. with the goo ball guns. And the texture on those things were uh, right. so, uh, then, so into it then there's my favorite sequence in the movie that makes me cry a million <clears throat> tears oh, which no. no one else does I've, I've tried to bring this up with other people and they're like oh that's the sequence that gets you because I know there's a sequence that makes Becky cry that's also one that doesn't what I mean, in what the, are you going to say in the, the incredible scene yes I have watched you cry spontaneously burst into tears <laughs> when Violet can't make the force field form. Right. That's it's that, very upsetting. Well, it's yeah. the whole and mounting. And her little heart is broken. Yeah. Like, this broken. is a great movie about parents, and it's the whole mounting thing of, like, uh, where she can't pretend to her kids anymore that it's not scary. You well, know? that's yeah. the scene in the cave. No, 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 that's later. I'm okay. talking about on the plane. Because that's probably my favorite scene. Scene in the, in the cave movie. is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Amazing scene. But no, I'm, that, this is sort of setting that up, where yeah. it's like, at first, she's like, sit down, kids, strap in, like, and they're still playing around. You know what I mean? And, like, She's on the radio, like the way he like builds everything up kind mm-hmm. of slowly and then very quickly. And then she says there are children on board yeah. and you cut back to the syndrome Mirage. and Mirage's face like shifts yeah. and he's and you're like, whoa, what's he doing? Right. This is insane. Yeah. yeah. No Pixar movies ever done anything like that again. No, Where, like there's the threat of children dying. No, but the and the, like it doesn't feel like a fake threat. It no, feels like they're about. But to But I die. will say the in Toy Story three when they're headed towards the incinerator, that's a moment of like that what is the actual hell that, is going on. That is a moment that I refuse. I think that is highly emotionally manipulative. But it's, I, it's not, exactly it's, what I don't to like. Me it's not trying to manipulate tears. To me, it's yeah. just no, no, like no. like I just don't I remember, think they're gonna die. I, and like for some reason in The Incredibles, I but do. But that is a very complicated emotion. It of is. Like, yeah, it well, is. let's join hands and die. Like that's the beauty of that scene that's is them I like accepting about death, not that the audience thinks they're actually going to kill off the toys in Toy Story. Well, when mm, everyone said, I think the audience, when people they, said, they think the audience thinks it's going to happen slightly. When people right? said that 
when people said that like they cried their eyes out in Toy Story and then I saw it. I thought three. that's what they were talking three. Right. That I thought that's what they were talking about. But they were and, talking about the. But they the were talking about yeah. Right. And that moment was just like that's I don't I know how to feel right yeah. now, and that's a lot. We could have a whole debate about Toy Story three. But in terms of in terms of like, holy shit factor. Right. Yeah. That not that to be dismissive, because I do love the toys from Toy Story three. Yeah. But they are. But they're toys. not children. Yeah. They're not that's children. True. I don't mean to be mean. How? But they're our, be- they're our then, best friends. Hey, oh my God. Hey, hey. Hey. Go, come on. All Europa. Right. <laughs> and then there's uh, the, the the force field thing that you can mentioned. Can I tell a, where a, she's saying, a little like, put side a field story? Around. I know you're going to hate me for this, but can I tell a brief side yes, story? Yes, but I just want to finish the sentence. Fine. And then you can. Wait, no, like, you're wait, right. It's, it's what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, the force field thing. It's like, she's literally saying to her, you need to grow up right now. Right yeah. now. You know, like you need to, I know you're still like a girl, like a little girl in a lot of ways, but you like, you need to make a force field around and this And you need whole to suddenly right do now. something that I've never let you do. And exactly. now I need you to do You need to, to cut off. And, and she's and like, the, I the never, scary you know. Thing as a kid now, of seeing goosebumps. your parents like, Losing their cool. When That's what I'm talking about. Don't know what's going on. That's anymore. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where it's suddenly the switch flips and the kids are like, "Mom is not." Yeah, it's when being the mean. She's panicking. It's when the flight attendant looks right. scared. Oh god! Right, right. Like, you oh, just described shit. my greatest fear. Yeah, which is I will look at a flight attendant one day oh, and totally. be like, "Oh, I can't all, read this woman's face." All the face turbulence anymore. in the world. Right. I always check the flight. They're attendants. always just like, "Yeah, whatever." And then I'm like, Same oh, shit, different day. But when a flight right. attendant like runs down the aisle, I'm like, "We're gonna die." Yeah. It's you done. literally just described a nightmare <laughs> I have. Right. Anyway, uh, very afraid of flying. Also, Maybe so, that's also why the plane thing. So let me. This is vaguely related and also not related. So last year I went to Japan for the first time. Okay. Cool. Congratulations. And thank you. It was, Who do you go with? My friend Zach. Oh, who's I was, like, he was hoping you'd say your wife so he could say humble brag. Oh, humble brag. Humble brag. I went with Zach. It was great. Um, Japan's crazy. Um, and we did not help ourselves by uh, in the middle of our trip in this in a place called Hakone, which is kind of sure between Kyoto and Tokyo, uh, which is where Fuji is. And it's very much like the Aspen of Japan. Like uh-huh. it's all like saunas and ryokens with like spas and Sounds stuff like that. Nice. It's lovely. <laughs> so we were like, I have an idea. Let's eat so many mushrooms. Oh, sure. And go to this open air museum in Hakone, which is like an insane place that's on another planet. So we ate these mushrooms and we were like, we don't have time to go up in an air museum. We're going to go to this botanical garden instead. And then, of course, once we had done the botanical garden, we were like, okay, we have time. We're going to go to the open air museum. And we walked to the open air museum in what was a not on earth location, like (laughs) down a road that didn't have markings on it. All the lettering was in Japanese, if there was any. And we were in the mountains. So there was nothing while we were tripping our balls off to ground us to the fact that we were on the planet. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was having a very hard time. Because it wasn't like, oh, well, there's a school bus. You're right. describing so, another nightmare, honestly. That's, yeah, that I, sounds there, crazy. There was you didn't nothing that anchors. was like, there was no anchors right. to reality. There wasn't like, well, there's a sandwich. So I know what that is. <laughs> we should have just, just a sandwich. on another That's planet. Like, you just need a sandwich in your pocket so you can just take it away. Okay, Zach, okay, I know. Right, Zach right, was right, becoming right. totally unhinged. Like we were losing it. And we were walking down this crazy path down the side of the mountain. And anytime a car went by, it was like a crazy, weird cartoon car. Like we were losing our minds. And then we were like kind of rounding the corner to where the open air museum and there was this little ramshackle hut 
called the Woody Cafe. And we were you like, sent me pictures from there. I know, right? And so I was like, well, what do you, I was like, I don't know what that is, but it's like at least a building. And I know what that is. So we like headed towards the Woody Cafe. I have pictures of it. I can show you. Um, and it was just this little hut. And, we, and as we got closer, we were like, oh, I guess it's like a little cafe, like a restaurant. Like sure. you can get tea or a sandwich or whatever. And then as we got closer, realized like, oh, this is a full on Toy Story themed restaurant in the middle of a fucking mountain in Japan. I'm booking my flight. And so, and so we went from, I went from like, I don't even know what direction up oh is boy. to like, all my best friends are here. Your, your favorite deputy. And I was so, I've never been more comforted in my life right. that like my friends from the Toy Story universe were there holding an ice cream cone. <laughs> I've never felt safer. You had a friend in them. I had so many friends in them, yeah. and that's what they were playing. They were just uh, pumping Randy Newman out of this Jesus restaurant. Jesus Christ. And you could get, like, a hamburger or an ice nightmarish. cream, but then also crazy Japanese food. It was yeah. so sure. weird. Sure. And but it you was could get a sandwich so you could ground yourself back in reality. Hand, hand sandwich. <laughs> but there yeah, is right. nothing hand more, okay. when you're in a world of the unfamiliar, yes. like, nothing is more comforting than turning a corner and seeing all the toys from Toy Story holding wow. food. Well, that's wow. why, like, It was yeah. the absolute I mean, I literally, I watched watch Pixar movies when I'm having panic attacks. Of course. It's right. the most comforting thing. Sorry uh, that was a side story, but good story. vaguely relevant. Good story. Um, so so the plane crashes. Mom has to make this last second decision. Mom. Yeah. Uh, Helen has to, to make become this. become a parachute. Right. Right. Uh, realizing that she's asking more of Violet than Violet is capable of. And she didn't even want to bring them in the first place. She realizes they're roped into this whole thing. But then they find the suits. They realize the suits were made for them. Right. Uh, Violet realizes she can finally go full invisible, crash in the middle of the water. And, and when they're both like freaking out and Helen is like, we do not have time for this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the fire, the, the cave scene where right. she's like, these people will want to murder you because they are evil. You sent me the photo. Sorry. You sent it to me when it happened. The Woody Cafe. It looks amazing. Here you go. Check it out. Uh, we'll post it online. Um, Run, don't walk to the Woody Cafe. But, but that whole thing where, where she's like, these oh are God. not like the characters. <laughs> it looks amazing, right? If you it zo- does. If you zoom in, you can see all the characters. Like Buzz is holding a big ice cream cone. Like and- actual action figures of them. Yeah. yeah. There they are. Woody appears to be in front of a Well, those burger. aren't actual. I mean, those are the real Buzz, Woody. Yeah. Those are the stars themselves. I mean, that's, themselves. The, that's the genius uh, the, the, of Toy Story. The, the right. dog. Right. Anyone can own uh, the cast. Yeah. What the heck is yeah. the name of the dog? Slinky Dog. Slinky. What the fuck you talking about? It's just Slink. called Slinky Slink. Dog. I couldn't remember Slink. if it had like a human name. Slink. Slink. You turd. Yeah. <laughs> David's Barney. a real Jim. big turd. Um, All right. So yes, the plane crashes. It's very serious. She turns into a parachute. And then turns into a boat. And then a boat. Right. A speedboat with, with Dash like uh, kicking his legs. Uh, Bradbird says the one moment he regrets in this film. Like the one thing he watches and like I wish I had done this at the time is when they've landed back on the beach. And um, uh, Mrs. Incredible, like, compliments Dash. He was like, you did a good job there. You know, thank you so much for that. He says he wishes he had one shot of Violet looking back at them. Yeah. And feeling the guilt over the fact that she couldn't rise to the occasion. Yeah. Um, Which, the arc still works. But then this this speech in the cave, which I think is— Yeah, the speech in the cave It's the best written thing in the whole movie. It is. Where— It's also, again, unusual, like, for a movie like this. Right. Like, to just state directly, like, these are not the Saturday morning cartoons you grew up with. These people do not care that you're children. They will kill you if they right. get the chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's super weird. They have guns. Super weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. 
and then the movie is just like an incredible Bond movie, like slash superhero movie that rules. But it's also like, I mean, like the Mrs. Incredible, like uh, Elastigirl. Elastigirl. She's not Mrs. Incredible. I'm sorry. sorry. Elastigirl. The Elastigirl Helen. But isn't that the question? Well, well, she she never uses that name. I also always call Violet Violet Incredible, even though that's not technically her name. I guess she's just Violet Parr. Will they have like names? No, they. I hope it's just Violet Incredible. Violet. I mean, he's Dash. Dash is obviously. Uh, yeah, right, that works. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, the scene where she's trying to break in and she's stretching through mm, all the different closing so doors is like fucking Raiders of the Lost it's Ark so, level, just like yeah, it's so great. beautifully constructed, it's so like story great. beat action sequence. Like the way her little hand, or little, her regular size oh, hand, like sort of feels, feels around, around for a second and, and yeah. it finds his jaw. Ugh. Which is another big thing about this movie. Again, though, that's yeah. the comic timing thing, yeah. too, of just yeah. like. But this movie is like almost two hours, and the longest yeah, Pixar is. movie prior to this had been like. An hour thirty-five. Right, the bounded. Pixar movies were always ninety bounded minutes. Was the longest yeah, bounded, bounded. Right, they were always ninety minutes because they were really expensive. Once you get to those do. deleted scenes back in bounded, yeah, whew, yeah. four but, hours. Like I think the thing that really pushes this movie over the edge is like the time it takes for like those comedic beats, things like the shot of Mr. Incredible wincing before he has to catch the train at the beginning. Yeah, you know, like all these little moments that just like continually ground you back in the characters mm-hmm. and what they're going through. Um, yeah, and then this just becomes like like fucking like textbook like film school in a box action filmmaking where it's like here's how you set up stakes, here's how you like establish an environment, know the rules. It, the movie's also so smart about like each of them having one power, so yeah. you know exactly what they can do and what they can't do. Because he said right. like earlier draft, Mr. Incredible had like laser eyes and he had like oh sure he was they all yeah. flew. No, I mean he wants every uh, power to reflect their like psyche in some way, right? Like and also they're not going to really be able to tackle this threat until they're all together right. and they I can mean, synthesize, the they can harmonize, teamwork, right? Factor Which right. rules just, when he's running right. around and yeah. creates and the dust. The, I, I always have you know this is uh, unrelated, but this is my problem with with the last Spider Man movie is that. Like I like the 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 limitation of having one power cr- forces you to use your imagination of what that power can do. Giving him the Iron which Man I think X Men, yeah. I think X Men is the absolute best example of, yeah. right. of that. Yeah. Um. But then, yeah, you just yeah. made him Iron Man. Yeah. And, and and I love the like what you get to see. Like, okay, Elastigirl get, can do these things, and then you get to see the full range of what she can do right. with that with that ability. Right. Um. I, I prefer those so much to just the superheroes that can just kind of do anything. Agreed. One one 100%. one power at a time. But yes. that's what bothered me about Homecoming, and no, nobody seems to agree with no, me. No, that's that. a point I fully agree with. I think I agree with that, too. I just assume that it will be done away with soon enough. His right? next suit's going to be more high-tech. Yeah, but it's going to be done away with soon I enough. Mean, I'm pretty sure. We're getting at least two consecutive movies where he's got some Tony Stark suit. Yeah, but Sony is not going to stand for that forever, if that makes sense. Well, we got well, Infinity War coming up. That'll obviously. We got Venom. I mean, that's going to change the entire cinematic landscape. Yeah. <laughs> what if Venom is moving? I just, I just, I, I think they, they, again, like Shrek, shipped out the thing that was interesting about yes. having, a, you know, a superpower that is specific and limited and then what, seeing the unlimited power of that. And also there's already a learning curve to Spider-Man figuring out how his own powers work. You don't need also the learning curve of like his new iOS. Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's what I don't like about Homecoming. Too much of it's about like, right, how do I work the yeah bullshit on the suit? Right. It's how do I work this other superpower instead of harness and 
and develop my own. Also, Iron Man already exists. I know. Also, high school sucks. High school fucking sucks. High school does suck. <laughs> I there's I mean, so many Spider-Man movies. Oh, I it's, thought you were going to say high school is cool. I, yeah, 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 high you're going to love school. high school. Yeah. What a great time. Yeah, that's why Griffin and I escaped to our socialist yeah. Jewish rich kids well, summer I, camp. I didn't have a fucking socialist Jewish rich Not kids many summer people camp do. to escape we're very, to. Very, very lucky. We're very lucky. We're aware of our privilege. Yeah. Um, so Wait, where did where did you? Where, I didn't say anything. You're bringing this up. But, but you were You're bringing but, hold, it up. I mean, wait, but why didn't you just go to an American summer camp? Why yeah. weren't you? You were in America. You I know? was not. I grew up in England. And oh, my God. My mother actually, what? if you want to hear real, because you brought this shit up, so I'm not going to talk about it, you funny, motherfucker. because I grew up in a different country, and I really? still went to camp. Really? Where'd you grow up? Canada. Oh, cool. Humble brag. Great place. Yeah. But uh, I'm actually going to talk about this. My mother was like, well, you should go to summer camp. You we are- should talk about the Incredibles. <laughs> no, no, he brought it up. He brought it up. I, I get so mad when they make fun of me for talking I mean, about this England. This podcast is so long. Yep, I told it, you. It is actually insanely long. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's the Incredibles. Who yeah, cares? Okay. But um, my mom was like, well, you should go to summer camp because even though we're raising you in this country, you're American and Americans go to summer camp. And she was going to send me to a summer camp. Uh-huh. And in Britain, summer camp is basically like military school. Right. Because like no one goes. So it's like if, if you're sending your kid there, it's because your kid is like, you're Gosh. just like, I can't look at this child. And I almost got sent to what probably would have been like the worst month of my life. I imagine. Yeah, and, and yeah. For I finally my, for prevailed our camp, upon it her. was like we've got money and a weird kid. <laughs> Do something <laughs> with them to this to Bucks Rock, Do where something. they'll learn how to weave and make batiks. Right, right. It's like it's uh, <laughs> Bucks Rock is like uh, Professor Xavier's school, but right. for kids who are good at making pottery. Right. Rather yeah. than mutants, you're just like a little creative. Just take care <laughs> yeah. of them. Yeah. Right. Uh, I imagine British summer camps looking like the the boat that briefly saves them in Dunkirk. <laughs> Where it's just a lot of kids crammed into a a space huddle toasting bread. No, not even toasted. It's just we put jam on a slice of bread. There's your lunch. (laughs) And this may sink. I imagine it as like the Kingsmen. So I have a little bit of a higher. Uh, No. I have higher expectations. Does British summer camp take place at sea? (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah. We're sending you to summer boat. Um, That sounds fun. I like boats. I'm going to pitch summer boat to fucking DreamWorks. Are you kidding me? I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. Is there anything else in this that we wanted to? Because the end of the movie is the end of the movie. Is there anything before the direct ending? I'm going to bring up a really specific thing that I always find very That's funny in this for. movie. That right. Yeah. Because this movie's loaded with those right. little details. Because the character designs in this movie are so extreme in terms of them having like really big heads and sure. really small limbs. Right. So like Mr. Incredible has these like tiny hands and like but also little baby true feet. to the design of superheroes. No, yeah, for sure. 100%. I mean, that's, it's so great. Right. Yeah. But they just like. Uh, they don't make an effort to make them, them look like more. people. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, Violet is like so so skinny. She is like she she's is. like a couple toothpicks with the, this big cartoon head and these yeah. big cartoon eyes. Big eyes, right? So when Helen hands her her like superhero mask, her mask is like seven <laughs> times the size of her hands. There are two shots of her holding it in her hands. That is yes, <laughs> in which it literally looks like if I tried to hold a surfboard. <laughs> There's the, eyes. there's the one where she puts it on her face and it's literally like lifting a surfboard onto her face, which I love. But that moment where like they step outside of the fire uh, and she's like, but mom, I seriously can't do this. And she's like, when the moment comes, you'll know what to do. Right. And Violet has that like slow, like raise the mask to her face and learn mm-hmm. to like improve her posture. And the mom pushes the hair behind hair. her ear. 
Yeah. But then when she does the force field, that's amazing. It's yeah. a great Ugh. moment of empowerment that so makes great. me happy. And then the hamster wheel. They the get hamster yeah. wheel thing rules. It's the great X-Men thing where it's like, yeah, how do the powers start the powers. to like combine? Dash, how do they harmonize? Dash's like pure childish joy being able right. to run on water. Like learning to, you could do things that you didn't think Keep you could do. Keep testing the limits. The threat keeps on becoming more It all more and more just extreme. revs my engine. It's just yeah, like, it's, it's, it's the fucking business. It's the best. And then at the end, then they go back to Munisberg and Frozen's got to find his super suit. That's that's a couple minutes. Can I just yeah. just a, a side thing that one of my favorite parts in that movie, and I think one of the most beautifully animated moments of that movie, and I don't know why I think mm-hmm. this is when uh, Mister Incredible comes home and slams the door of his car, and and it's the second time, and that kid on the tricycle yeah. sitting in the driveway, and he goes, "What do you what are you looking or what are you waiting for or something?" And he goes, "Something amazing, I guess." <laughs> And his eyes like do this puppy dog thing. I don't know why I am so obsessed with the 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 way that they captured the that facial expression yeah. on that kid. I love that moment but I also so think much. It's the same thing as like Dash and Violet, where it's like they could be very arch stock type kid characters. Like here's right. the hyperactive kid. And here's the like introverted, like awkward no, they're girl. So, they're and, so nuanced. And the performances on the animation, yeah. mm-hmm. let alone like the vocal performances, are so precise. The part where Dash runs and is he's running on water and it's he amazing. realizes he's yeah. running on water and he has that little laugh, that little like <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's so good. But that's where like the runtime comes in because I think Brad Bird just fought for like this movie needs to be twenty minutes longer than other Pixar movies because all those little moments which are going to add up are what's going to differentiate us mm-hmm. from other types of superhero stuff. What was the Pixar movie right after The Incredibles? Uh, Cars. Cars. Two years later. Wow. I mean, yep. or more like 18 months later. Because this a, yeah. is a November a movie dip. and that's a... That's a dip. And I Cars remember... Cars made me want to kill all of my friends but so I remember they didn't have to see it. Right after Cars, you and I were both like trying to apologize it for it more. I remember us having defensive conversations about cars that then when Ratatouille came out, we were like, okay, we can get off the cars thing a little bit, right? Yeah. And and I and I'm I'm not a I'm not unconditional about Ratatouille either, but I Oh well, we, I love Ratatouille. <laughs> it's okay. We Ooh. don't it's okay for us to differ. Oh no, we on can differ. I don't care. You don't like uh, I mean, uh marionette and human fine. beings through locks of hair? <laughs> no, I just there's there I I think I think visually Ratatouille is stunning. Yeah. I also growing up in France very it was very drawn. That's my humble brag. We need some sound. Yeah, we need like an accordion. Very, <laughs> very drawn to that imagery and the yeah. co- the lighting in that movie is incredible and the yeah. copper and the metallic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it was again it was like another one for me that I just didn't have the like the allegorical connection See, I think the theme is cleaner in that one than what? than Incredibles well I will say this I have to see it again you should watch it again but I yeah. also I, I I think I'm just very I think I'm dr- I'm also losing my headphones a little bit here but I wow. don't seem to have a screaming problem wow maybe Griffin does <laughs> Um, I, I think I really, really like the the allegorical stuff. Sure. And um or the inside the world of stuff. Right, which Brad Bird is less interested in. Well, wait, and in, in what? In both Ratatouille and Incredibles. He's got other but, but, things. But on the his Incredibles mind. to me is different because that's a world of right. thing and 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 a universe building thing, yeah. but like, and I like the you know the Monsters Inc. and the and Inside Out and the, the you know the mechanics of a world. Ratatouille thing. is putting a weird thing in an otherwise normal world. Exactly. Okay. 
Um, I liked the France part of it. Sure. But it is not, it is also not my favorite, my favorite Pixar movie. Cars, oh my God. Can't And even. you haven't seen two or three. I can't. I I, ref- I can't. I, I defend rule, Cars one a little because the rule breaking in Cars makes me absolutely insane. I mean, y- you know my joke. What is your joke? Which one of your jokes <laughs> we, are we talking? The one about? I've only made one joke ever. <laughs> we gotta finish talking about this movie. All right, let's talk about it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. C- cars two is so bad uh-huh. it makes Cars three look like Cars one. <laughs> 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 that joke got that a is runway. The nerdiest thing and the gayest Griffin put thing out I've the ever red- heard. <laughs> Griffin put out the red carpet you know, for that my joke. Famous joke. <laughs> my famous cars I, joke. Everyone knows my famous joke about cars too. Here yeah, it comes. I got seven faves on Twitter. We know this joke. <laughs> cars two makes cars three look like cars one. There was a walk to that joke. Yeah. I took a stroll. It was a leisurely stroll. Yeah. I feel like it would be like Cars Two makes Cars Three look like an act looks like look like actual cars, <laughs> like functional actual right, right. cool cars. Right. Here's my problem with Cars Nutshell. <laughs> are we like this is our Inception episode? So, this is the one where we keep on going. So the deeper. cars are the characters, but also the cars watch the characters, but also the Correct. cars are bugs. Correct. Who's driving the cars? Nobody. But, they all, and then, they all so, sell the big man upstairs, G-O-D. And then are the, the <laughs> RVs are the ones that are going to watch the cars race. Yeah, man. And But they also but all do also, it in human structures The only like thing stadiums. I liked about cars, <laughs> is, I know, yeah. the only thing I liked about cars was that the the bugs flying around the fire were, bu- were VW bugs. Everything else about it, no, I think cars you. is fucking weird. You guys I, 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 are gonna, so weird. You guys are going to kill me, but I have to bring this up. Is it another one of your great jokes? Yeah. I'm going to tell your, you. Your word, your word the, salad the joke. The second best joke of all time. No. Cars 2. I think it just got appendicitis while I was sitting here. <laughs> it just got a horrible appendicitis-esque pain. Fa- pain. The plot of Cars 2 yeah. is about trying to come up with a more eco-friendly fuel source. There is a scene in which they explain where gasoline comes from, Jesus that Christ. it's fossil fuel, uh-huh. and they show that it comes from the bones of dinosaurs, okay. but they're not dinosaur cars. They're actual dinosaurs. Right. Right. Well, exactly. isn't cars there are set no within rules. the same it's world totally and everyone's dead? That's the theory. Yeah. The cars are set in the far future. We like turned into cars at some point. But whenever anyone- That movie I want to see. Whenever right. anyone asks John Lasseter in an interview, he goes, we don't like to talk about those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't either. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, we also don't like to watch them. Yeah, there's this- <laughs> But I will say this. It was the movie that John Lasseter really, doing. really wanted to make. Yeah. And at that point, I think John Lasseter gets to do whatever he wants. At that yeah. point. Because he- He certainly touch whoever he wants. I, I mean, I can't even get into that. I can't but, get into that. But- his story at Disney and his sort of yeah. history with Disney and then coming back and creating Pixar. Yeah. Like at that point, he's like, if you want to make your dumb car movie, go ahead. <laughs> Three was pushing So it. the end of The Incredibles yeah. in which they fight the Omnidroid. I don't even Frozen know if as much as Frozen. Yeah, well, where's the super suit? Where, to be fair, where is the super suit? To be fair, that is the central also, question of this Also, did we movie. just discuss the just full fact that his superpower is speed skating? Yeah. Okay. And, and his uniform reflects that it. In itself is the funniest is thing so in the gay. entire world. And I love the super the gay. business of the super skates gay. pop <laughs> the skates <laughs> popping out of his mm-hmm. boots and then the skates to, or the skis rather turning into mm-hmm. the the disc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. A little surfboard. A little snowboard. A little snowboard. snowboard. Right. But it's like circular. Yeah, I love Frozone. I love that he's in this movie because yeah, you, you will not stop talking about Frozone. Yeah. 
So Somebody's sorry got a crush that I'm bringing on up a character in The Incredibles. So, someone's got a crush on Frozone. I mean, no David's question. David's Google history is just Frozone hentai. <laughs> Frozone naked, question mark? Yeah. No, I, I just wanted to Frozone say, I, I like Frozone. Bisexual? <laughs> Frozone college phase? No, it's just, he doesn't... He doesn't like contribute a ton in the final battle. No. He's like, I'll build a snow wall. Yeah. <laughs> like that's his yeah. whole story. He's on yelling out like, this isn't working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, Frozen, we got it. Where he's like, I'm stalling them. And I'm like, I don't think he's even really stalling anything. No. He's just well, kind of. It's about the family coming It's about together. the family. And sometimes friends are family. I just hope Frozone like gets to do some shit in Incredibles 2. Like, like date you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey guys, on this episode, uh, Blank Check is partnering with the Starkey Hearing Foundation, which is a human services charity that provides hearing aids and hearing-related health care to hearing-impaired people in poor communities around the world. Uh, about 5% of the world's population, that's like 432 million adults and 34 million children, have disabling hearing loss with the greatest prevalence in low- and middle-income populations. And so the Starkey Hearing Foundation provides hearing aids and hearing-related health care to millions of patients in over 100 countries, empowering them to achieve their full potential. Uh, they're a public charity. The donations to them are tax-deductible to the fullest extent allowable by the law. They're rated four four stars by Charity Navigator, which is the highest score you can get. This month, Starkey Hearing Foundation and Audio Boom are launching the Listen In campaign, and they're asking Blank Check and our listeners to help them reach their $25,000 fundraising goal. So funds raised from Listen In are going to support the next round of global outreach, and you can help them by uh, donating to the Listen In campaign today, just trying to get to $25,000. To give the gift of hearing, go to listeningcampaign.org. Uh, that's listeningcampaign.org to give the gift of hearing today. No, there's two other things we need to mention. One, the babysitter who wishes that Mozart had been played for her. She's hilarious. Yeah. I love her braces. And uh, Jack, Jack. Uh, attack. Attack. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. The he does his thing. Right. Uh, syndrome dies in absolutely horrible fashion, as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but um, brutal. And then the the underminer, who's all Incredibles too, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? I don't know. Yeah. Or he's he was just in it. A, or he was just a tag on one. No, he's, he's in, in it. it. He's oh, in yeah. too. He's, in. he's in the it, trailer. Two opens with that fight. Oh, interesting. I am the Underminer. Um, I do like Mirage's turn. Yeah, me too. Oh, I, I think she's yeah, got so good... much more of an arc than any other movie tropey. would give her. Very, it's a, yeah. very tro- Bond trope. It's again, a good syndrome thing, though, it, where, it where he, the I'll fact, crush him, like, you know. Right, that's great. Like snapping a twig. But also, yeah. it's like she realizes her. that her morality is more in line with, with Mr. Incredibles than Syndrome's when it gets to the kid thing. You also have to think, of, at the moment when he doesn't call the missiles off on the plane, yeah. He doesn't even know the kids are superheroes. Like he thinks no, cut that's and dry why and murdering. That scene is so yeah. fucking cold blooded right. and so, so cold-blooded. good and makes me cry. Right. Um, but yeah, let's play the box office game. Okay. I don't know. Unless there's some other. Is uh, that the segment you were queuing up, Ben? <laughs> is there yeah. another segment I do? Okay. So I tried to guess the box office of the weekend. Oh the movie man, came this out. movie opened huge. Huge. Jeez. Because it was a big deal that every Pixar movie had out-opened the previous and one. They, yeah. And they started promoting it like two years before it they came did. out. I remember seeing that little teaser like was that, really early. Was that teaser in front of Nemo or was it in front of It was even, in front uh, of Nemo, which was, was in like front a year of and a half. Snow White. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it was fucking early. People were they like, were like, we don't know what this is, but we're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, they were like, superheroes? That's like real fresh. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, 
the 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 first uh, teaser for <laughs> the Incredibles. I don't know. I'm not going to say it. At this point, it's too sweaty. It was going to take a real long walk to get <laughs> there. All right, forget it. <laughs> you, you, first you. teaser for the Incredibles is Brad Bird's sonogram. That's okay. Fine. Fuck me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sweaty. I said it was sweaty. Sweaty. That thing has like fucking sweaty. malaria. <laughs> that thing is sweating all of its body weight off. But it's big and it's wet. So Ben, yeah, probably, ben probably loves it. <laughs> Not that big. No. It's right. a big idea. Number one. It opened November 5th, 2004. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, great. Day. Number one at the box office. <laughs> it was a good day. <laughs> that was a good day. That's one of your top five days. Oh my God. I, so November I was, 5th, 2004. August 3rd, 2009. Which is that? Just a great it's day. A great oh, day. just a good day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. uh, Ice Cube's good day. I had a weekend in 2001 that kind of blended together that I loved. Okay, so you count that as one day rather than counting each of the Because I didn't separate. sleep. Okay. So then, yeah. It's um, only a new day when you go to sleep. Incredibles. I remember I saw this at a press screening. I reviewed it for my college newspaper. Wow. In Newcastle. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Let me just pick Se- Becky's jaw up off the floor. $70 million, Griffin. Huge. Tell me what number two was. Number two. In 2004? In 2004. It's been out for a week. So it's been an an October picture. And it will be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Doesn't win. No. Does it? Does win another Oscar. A performance Oscar. Mm -hmm. Is it Ray? It's Ray. Ray. Wow. Taylor Hackford film. That's why we play this game. Fucking loser. I'm you were also loser. nine in yeah, 2000. 2004 was when I, or well, I taught you in 03, 05. Right, yeah. So you were 14 I was in 2004. I, uh, free information, I was what a Did you see Ray? <laughs> yeah, I saw Ray. It's a bad movie. Yeah, not too good. Yeah, not too good. No, no uh, big problem. So. I haven't seen it since then. I haven't either. I have no desire to ever. There watch is that good Mulaney joke. He's amazing, it and it is terrible. Yeah, right, it's right. such a bad movie. Yeah. Where his date said, "I could have done with the without the whole brother dying part." He's like, "Well, so, so could have Ray Charles." Uh, if you ever do want to do a podcast about the Quavens and A. Wallace revival of Annie, yeah. I have done a three and a half hour show about it. <laughs> So I have now a lot have of expertise to do it. it's a, about is that. A, that. a Will Gluck like picture? Jamie, yeah. yeah, it was a Jamie Foxx connective tissue moment. Of course. Numbers. I can't believe how boring this is. It was is. a horror movie. People love this shit. Uh, the Grudge? Yes, The Grudge. What's wrong with I you? I remember. What is the noise? I don't understand it goes like, how you're so successful now. Remember the, <laughs> you're great so question. annoying. Great question. <laughs> I can't believe someone was like, let's give this guy a major TV <laughs> <Money>. job. <laughs> Let's, I mean, I remember when you got hired for the tick, and I was like, what? You're like, really? They have to talk. Do they know they have to talk to him all the time? He's got to, like, show up places? Yeah. They're going to have to talk to him, and he's going to have to talk to other people. And he'll keep talking. And I it's promise like, you that. It'll be the premise of the show, that he has conversations yeah. with people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number four, another They're trying horror to buy movie. me out. <laughs> so if yeah. The Grudge is the sort of the tail end of one wave of a genre in Hollywood. It's Saw, it's the first Saw. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> the beginning of another. I don't even need clues to this. I remember this this time period very, very Great, then tell me number five. Fuck. Well, now, <laughs> I mean, now I... I guess, I guess I will say you were like in the prime of your... Dorkiness? Knowing what the hell's yeah. going on yeah. in yeah. movies. Yeah. This is all he's got. He's not getting laid. This yeah. is it. Oh, Box yeah. up oh. his charts. Were you I, dating anyone at camp ever? Yeah. Wow. When? In when? The, or after Frozen? I was after I was 2003 gone? I dated a girl who uh, Colin Beckett called Lady Griff. I remember that. Which probably is But that was when he was dating wow, Central Silver. Colin Beckett. Yes. yes. 
Uh, do you know Colin Beckett? I do. Yes. Uh, that's a conversation we can have off mic. Colin Beckett was literally my best friend when he was 17 and I was 23. We, the funniest person has ever lived. We have to talk about it, yeah. but not on mic. Okay, uh, okay. Number five. It's a new movie. It is a movie that doesn't exist. It's a movie that doesn't exist. What genre? Oh, it's a tricky one. Romantic comedy slash Wait, drama? Wait, is this 2004 still we're yeah, talking four. about? No, the number five movie of 2004? Romantic comedy drama? Oh, this drama. weekend. I know exactly what it <laughs> the is. number five of this weekend. I know exactly what it is. Because mm-hmm. I remember, this is this is how insane my memory is. Would you agree show. that this movie doesn't exist? I agree. Yes. And what's even crazier is I saw it twice in theaters. Wow. Because uh, my grandpa wanted to see it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Keep in the faith. Did he like it? No, that's a good movie. He didn't. I had overhyped it to him. I saw it the first time. I loved it. Oh my god, it. what movie was it? It's Alfie. It is the Jude Law remake wow. of Alfie. Yeah, in which he betrays Omar Epps. Yes. That, why, did, why do you say it doesn't exist? Because Who the fuck remembers that remembers? movie? Yeah, you, okay. Your response. You forgot that that was a thing. <laughs> it's not even a movie. Like well, if you like saw it on HBO. Of Jude Law right. movies. This that was are this that is his year. Like closer and right. This right. was closer, closer. Sky Captain, The Aviator, Sky Alfie. Yeah. There was Cold Mountain had been the year Col- before. Right. Uh, or ben maybe is, it's this year. <laughs> ben has just committed ritual suicide. his watch. Humble brag. <laughs> Brad Ben has a watch. <laughs> so Alfie is the number five movie. <laughs> I mean, that's, oh, Sky Captain. Uh, Lemony Snicket. Lemony Snicket. Yeah. Those are the okay. six. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Cold Mountain the year oh, before. Oh, and I Heart Huckabees. That's oh, the yeah, other one. He had right. six films in four months. And uh, never again. Never again. Uh, I Huckabees well, he was is in a spy. crazy movie. Yeah. Just thinking about that. Oh, yeah. Also Popular. Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Yeah. How Lily much Tomlin. do you think Alfie grossed total domestically? Me out. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, 12? Uh, it grossed, wow, you're close, $13 million. God, it's so unimportant to know this. God, I hope the tick goes on forever for you. I really do. Because there's nothing else for you to do in the world. It's like a charitable act. That what? they're like, give him something to do. No, it's great. Give him a I'm, place to show up and things to I learn. I love that my campers are wildly more successful than I am. It's Not my true. favorite Not thing. Not true. Not true. You've saved high maintenance. Oh, please. I did not. I mean, it's You're the Pixar of people. I'm the Pixar of humans. Uh, Becky, thank you so much for being on the show. I had a blast, and I also got to not do another thing today that I didn't want to do. Happy to be of help in that way. Yeah, my pleasure. Do people listen to this podcast? A weird amount of people. (laughs) How many people listen to this Talk about, like, success that doesn't make sense. Success that does not make sense. People really like this show. Well, it's super nerdy. It's super nerdy. I would watch I would I would watch it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, good to know. So if it's I, on TV, I, I, you'd I would, watch it. I would listen to it, but I'm the worst at podcasts, so. Hey, not true. You're the you're the Pixar podcast. You have to stop. Okay, I'm done. Thank you so much for being here. It Anything was my you want to plug? People I, should watch all Becky Drysdale shows on Hulu. Uh I know. Well, the Becky Drysdale collection. Please watch the multiple shows that I'm developing that are too expensive to make <laughs> and no one will. Yeah. Um that's going to be my that's going to be my legacy. Every Becky pilot r- would require 20 million dollars worth know. of set construction. It really would. Uh, yeah. They all take place in spaceships or or, in or like in the war in the, or Willow. 
they take place in Willow. They take place in Willow. There's side stories. It begins with Ron Howard it's going a, like, and action. It's a workplace comedy in the tavern in Willow. Oh, my God, you guys. All right, we're done. I'm obsessed. Uh, right, we're done. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Oh, good movie, by the way. Oh, incredible. <laughs> great. Yeah, great. Yeah, after three hours. Four stars. Yeah. <laughs> I, I B think plus? I, B rewatching movie. it. <laughs> I think this no, is it's amazing. the best superhero film movie. ever made. Because mm. I think take. it's the most And one of the best comedies. Thought. Yeah. My other favorite superhero movie probably comes out this year. Which? Incredibles Spider-Man, 2? Spider-Man 2. No, I mean oh, the, oh, the oh, 2004. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. I think I prefer this to Spider-Man oh. 2. Mm. It's, it's one of my favorite animated movies. It's one mm-hmm. of my favorite yeah. comedies. It's yes. one of my favorite superhero One of the best movies. Craig T. Nelson. One of my favorite <laughs> family movies. Yeah. Right up it's, there with the family great. stone. And, and as we said, the single greatest turtleneck movie. <sighs> yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Go to blankies.reddit.com for some real nerdy shit. If you think this is nerdy, the shit that people oh, talk about on Reddit. this is iceberg stuff. Yeah, this I is know. iceberg shit. Uh, thank you to Andrew Guido for our social media. Thanks to Lane Montgomery for our theme song. Joe Bone and Pat Reynolds for our artwork. Oh, sure. And Brad Bird. Yeah. Uh, next week, uh, tune in for Ratatouille with two very special guests. Great app, in my opinion. Great, great, crazy app. Uh, thank you to uh, ZipRecruiter and WeTransfer for sponsoring the show. And as always, uh-huh. Cars 2 oh, God. makes Cars 3 look like cars one. <laughs>